you're live here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. This is Annabelle Lecter. And we're joined by Jen Wexler, director Thanks. of the Ranger mm -hmm. and the Sacrifice Games. Very cool to have you on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We so my Mr. Neil's hat taking up the attention of everything. No, it's very uh, on point for this time. <laughs> All right. It's hard to wear um, actually out and about because it gets stuck in, uh, in when you're going through doors and whatnot. It's very Seuss-like. Yeah, like yes. it's out of the Grinch. Yeah, I believe so. I've tried to bend it so it's actually in camera. And... But yeah, we're not just here to talk about my hat, though. Which, I mean, that no, makes so much happy. more. <laughs> Actual but, filmmakers and their films. Welcome right. in. <laughs> yeah. So the Sacrifice Game, which is on Shutter right now, uh, for people who aren't aware, can you give them an idea of what the Sacrifice Game is about? Yes. The Sacrifice Game takes place in 1971, and it's about... Uh, two girls who are stuck at their school, um, their boarding school over Christmas uh, with their teacher and the groundskeeper. When a gang of Manson-esque cult killers comes to the school to raise a demon and the girls must fight to survive the night. Exactly. It's like the holdovers, but much different. The holdovers, if the holdovers takes a very different direction. Right. And it's a much different from your first movie, The Ranger. Did you like, you know, after The Ranger, like, you want to make something, you know, completely different? Yeah, I, um, uh, you know, The Ranger, I was, was all about my love for punk movies and 80s slashers. Um, and this movie, I wanted to explore my love of 70s movies and home invasion movies and demon movies and and Christmas movies and all those things. So it was, you know, still me just exploring different subgenres. And you really captured the look of Thank a 70s you. movie. Thank and, you. Uh, and the opening is a great scene. Uh, it's like a very long scene. It really sets, you get right in the movie right away. And uh, a question about that is finding the right song for, for the opening scene. Yeah, so that song is, um, Kill My Baby Tonight by L.A. Witch. And that was always like, I, I always make playlists when I'm writing a movie. And that was always number one on my playlist. Um, and I also make playlists for the actors. So um, I made Olivia Scott Welsh, who plays Maisie, a playlist. And that oh. was like the first song on her playlist, too. It's a song I really identified uh, with Maisie's character. And when we, after we shot the scene, I just pulled it into Premiere and I put that song under it and I showed the producers and I was like, guys, look at this. Like, look how awesome this is. And then they were all into it. So we were fortunately able to get that song. Oh, that's brilliant having playlists for the actors yeah. to like help them get to know what you want from their character. Yeah, it gives, um, you know, it's a, you're able to talk about the character using different senses. Yeah. Using, getting into uh, the one's brain in a different way than just from the script and just from love books. Um, and they share songs with me too. Uh, and we kind of like pass music back and forth. Wild. I love that. I remember years ago we were interviewing Tom Noonan and we were talking about him being uh, Francis Dollarhide in Manhunter. And he was talking about how he walked around just listening to music, getting in character, like particular music. So 
I think it's awesome that you're creating this for the people that are going to be working in the film. I've never heard of that, and I love it. Yeah, on um, The Ranger, uh, Jeremy, who plays The Ranger, um, kept singing Most Beautiful Girl in the World, just like on set. Like that was his song that he brought to it that he used to get into character. And then we just threw that into the cut when we were editing. And we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is his song. And uh, and we had him like humming it from just, you know, stuff he was doing on set to get into character. So I really love using music as another tool for that. Do you think that that actually changed how you directed him at all? I don't think it changed how I directed him, but it did. It, it allowed us like just another point of um, bonding, like over that song. And then um, it really just affected the edit because then when we threw that song in, it was like, I mean, sometimes you throw a song in and then it's just like game over. Like anybody who sees the cut is like, oh, okay, yeah, we have to get this song. Uh, so that happened on the Ranger. And fortunately it also happened uh, on Sacrifice Game as well. Sacrifice Game went to places I did not expect. I have to, I really, I don't like watching trailers as much as I can possibly avoid it. And of course, a lot of film people don't like looking at anything that's going to influence their ideas of what's going to happen. So going in blind, it was, uh, it was very different and special. And I really, I really like where this went. I don't want to, there's someone in the audience over to the side, like, will there be spoilers? And I want to be non-spoilering but of course yeah i'm sure you want me to be non-spoilering yeah well if we can avoid spoilers yeah. watching who haven't seen it yet yeah um, went unexpected places that were a nice surprise amazing um i think that going in blind is the best way to watch it personally uh so i'm really happy that that's the experience you had with it yeah yeah i had no idea um, were there any issues, uh, you know, cause I said it looked, it looked great. It looked like a seventies movie. Uh, were there any issues while you're making it to like, we want to make sure this looks like it's happening in, in 1971. I mean, that was the, that was the challenge. And that's why I was so excited about, um, one of the reasons I was excited about making the movie. Um, but you know, something I learned on the Ranger when we didn't have money at all on the Ranger, but I was like, okay, how do we express eighties dreamland? Like we're, we're shooting in the woods. So we're going to express that through the costumes and through the props. And I took that into this as well. We're shooting in this old Abbey in this old school that was like, the building was built in the 1800s or something. And um, how are we expressing the period of 1971? We're doing it through the costumes, the props, and the set dressing. So when you think about it like that, it becomes way more manageable and uh, and easier just for everybody to like wrap their minds around. Yeah, a lot of very cool sideburns. Yeah, lots of sideburns. We yeah. I was definitely into the sideburns. There was a moment when we were exploring uh, Gus Kenworthy, who plays Jimmy, the groundskeeper, we were exploring different like facial hair looks and there was a minute when he had a big bushy mustache too. But ultimately I was like, I think the stash is a bit much. So we, we removed the stash to get the sideburns. Yeah. Now, uh, Chloe from the Ranger is, is back. Uh, did you, um, did you write the character for her? With, yeah. With her in mind? I wrote the very first draft of the script in 2013. So a long time ago before I had met Chloe. But then um, after the Ranger, I went back into the draft um, with my uh, 
my partner, who's now my husband, we were writing it together as of 2018. And from that point, I, I knew that I wanted Chloe to play Rose. So I was certainly like working on the draft with her in mind for that role. So you originally, it was originally uh, like a concept 2013, how different or how, uh, how much like that original concept is the finished movie? It's definitely um, the overall concept is the same, you know, um, home invasion with supernatural demonic elements set on Christmas. And there's certain key scenes that are the same. Uh, the opening for one, there's a, a couple dining room scenes that are the same. And I kind of, um, to Sean, my co-writer, I was like, we have to write around these scenes. I love these scenes too much. Like we can't touch these scenes. Um, but there are a couple major differences also, which would be spoilers to get into. Uh, but certainly Sean brought some ideas that really like opened up the the script for me and, and, and just made me see it in a different way. And I think gave some of our characters uh, more autonomy and made them more active. Uh, was it always going to be a Christmas movie? Yes. A hundred percent. Um, you know, there's just something to being left alone, especially when you're a teenage girl and you're 14 years old and you're being left alone yeah. at your boarding school on Christmas. Like your family's deserting you on Christmas that really like tortures your characters. And of course we're all in the business of torturing our, our <laughs> protagonists. Um, and it just didn't have the same oomph if, you know, Thanksgiving, maybe like, Spring break, no, you know, Easter, no. Like Christmas is so family oriented. Yeah. So being deserted by your family on Christmas really felt right for it, right from the beginning. It always felt that way. And is she's so likable. Even that part, I think it just tugs at me right in the beginning of like, here's this lovely kid who's just trying to, you know, be there. And then there's a bunch of jerk kids. And, yeah. you know, I'm already sold. I'm like, I, this kid is awesome. And then there's a weird kid. And it's like, all right, what's going to happen with these two kids? And then there's yeah. a nice teacher. Like, what's going to happen? And then it I, just keeps surprising me. <laughs> <laughs> I realized, like, I was actually thinking about it today. Um, I my It was my mom's birthday today. So yesterday she was in New York City and we went to a Broadway play and stuff. So anyway, that's why this was top of mind. That... Um, when I was 12, my parents sent me to sleepaway camp and it was my first time in sleepaway camp and everybody else went to sleepaway camp starting when they were like six. So they already knew each other. Every, all the girls in my bunk already knew each other. And I was the new kid and they were such, they were such a click and I felt so outside of it that there was so much drama and I was like crying, like begging my parents oh. to pick me up and take me home. And, uh, and they wouldn't. My parents were like on vacation. They were like, no, Jen, you just have to deal with this. And then I wrote like a mean note to all the girls and was like, you guys are bitches. And then they like excommunicated me from the bunk. And it was like very dramatic. So anyway, I didn't realize how much this event like, like I didn't, when I was oh. writing it, I wasn't actively thinking about it. But like, certainly this morning I was thinking like, I was like, oh damn, that really left a scar on me. And I think that that's what I was trying to grapple with in terms of Samantha and her character and what she's going through. Just that feeling of like feeling totally deserted and you don't, you don't click with anybody in this place and you're just like forced to be here. Um, any inspirations for the, uh, <clears throat> for the villains? 
I mean, I read Helter Skelter when I was 15 years old. So that was certainly on my mind. Um, and uh, like uh, Doug, who's played by Laurent Petra, I was thinking of him as like a young Steve Buscemi. And then we found Laurent and I was like, wow, you exist. That's so cool. And then um, uh, Grant, who's played by Derek Johns, I was thinking about a uh, young Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh. And then we found uh, Derek and that was really cool. And of course, like these were kind of surface, um, you know, in our script, they were, they were kind of, uh, surface descriptions and and but but those actors brought poured like so much life into them and like really found the nuances and made them their own and then you know Jude is obviously like a Manson-esque kind of character um uh and also somebody pointed out which I love and I didn't even realize the influence but I certainly feel like Heather's was one of my favorite movies ever so like somebody pointed out Christian Slater from Heather's and I was like, oh, obviously, yeah, that was probably an influence for sure. And then um, and then Maisie, she was like the cool girl, you know, she's the cool girl who prides herself on hanging out with all the all the boys like following her around and she gets by on her like sultriness. Um, but when 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 things are tough, she has to discover self-reliance. So that was a character that Olivia, I think she hadn't played a villain before. And I think she was really excited to dive into like both parts of Maisie's personality. <clears throat> Dave Deadman in the chat says, uh, I saw the trailer for this. Looks good. So he's excited to see it. See? And uh, so uh, you're on the, I just saw today that it's on the cover of Fangoria, which is pretty amazing. Yes. So awesome. <laughs> It's like the um, dream. <laughs> and we're it's so cool because Larry's movie Black. Yeah. Is yeah. The and the Adams family who we're also friends with. So it was all people we like. But yeah. Yeah. And they're all New York filmmakers. Everyone is from oh, the wow. New York oh, area. Yeah. Where was the um blackout in Fangoria? It was on it's on the main the oh, main okay. image, the werewolf guy. Which uh um so we got to see uh blackout at um Brooklyn Horror Film Festival. We had to. We couldn't stay the whole time, so we did not get to see yeah. uh, Sacrifice Game at uh, at Brooklyn. But how did that go over? And how? What was the festival run like? Oh, it was incredible. We oh. world premiered at Fantasia. Oh, that's the cover. Yes. Nice. Um, we world premiered at Fantasia in July in Montreal, and that was because we shot outside of Montreal. Like, so all of our, most of our cast and all of our crew were from Montreal. So that was just like, there's no better way to premiere your movie than to like the people that made it and to their families and friends and, and everybody. It was just like an incredible experience. And also then we threw an awesome party in a mansion. Uh, so that was cool. <laughs> and, um, and then we were so lucky. We really got to play the genre festival circuit. We um, had our international premiere at Freyfest in the UK. Um, we played Sitches. We uh, we played Tell Telluride uh, horror show. Uh, I went from Spain to Colorado like directly and it was insane wow. to be like in beach weather one minute and then in like mountain weather the next minute. Um, the, mo the movie played like over 20 festivals and it's 
we, I, I didn't get to go to all of them, but it was just really cool to just like see different reactions and places around the world. And anyway, then we did screenings around the country and then we, uh, we went on shutter last Friday. Uh, I can imagine uh, it's great to watch a movie, you know, on, uh, on your, at home, of course, but I can imagine seeing it on the big screen with uh, people and the, not just a big screen, but you can where you can hear the music all around you. I think that'd be a great experience. The five one sound is really. I was like trying to get as many people to see it in the theater as possible, just because you know you work so hard on the the sound nuances. You if you can play it in a theater with that kind of projection, it's pretty dope. In this space you had it in is so big, and I think that being in a large space allows that cavernous ness of the building to really be more tangible yeah thank you by the way to yeah it was uh jamie hill from skin marine thank you jamie um uh we played a theater in philadelphia that like the walls were kind of in the exact same style as like the walls in our movie so it kind of felt like the movie was like had reached beyond the screen and was like the whole thing it was very cool how about finding an actual place to uh, film the movie? You know, the setting. Yeah. So our um, uh, Canadian producers, uh, Phil Kalen and Albert Malamed, brought Heather Buckley, who's another producer on it, and I to Quebec. And they took us to a bunch of different schools for a location scout. And most of them were like Ivy League schools. But then they brought us to this place, Oka Abbey. And it felt like a castle. It felt like it was out of a fairy tale. And it was like love at first sight. I felt deeply in love. And I was like, this is it, guys. This is the place for it. And um, and we were so lucky that we shot all the school scenes are actually at that school. Like we didn't have to leave that place for the whole month we were shooting, which like, you know, when you're making an indie film, if you have to change locations a lot, it can be a drag on the production. But we just got to like be, stay at that place, like own that school for uh which is really an abbey but we call it the school for for the full month it was awesome what it definitely adds a production value like uh because you don't have to leave like you said to a bunch of locations but it you know it's a look it's obviously a real place it's not like a, a set made up to look like a, an abbey or yeah and even though like the opening scene the, that suburban house that was right around the block so we had our base camp at the school like we we kept everything there and then we just went around the block to shoot that scene it was all very like it worked out really well uh who's in charge of the gore and the effects the blood brother well the blood brothers are in charge of the blood that's a very uh, fitting name with the blood yeah, brother the blood brothers they do lots of horror movies in canada and then adrian moreau um who you might know from Megan and the whale. He just won an Oscar for the whale. Him and his team did our prosthetics makeup. So that's how it was split up, like the blood and and the special effects, like wind, snow, and all that. And then um, prosthetics was Adrian Moreau and his team. How did you find each of those teams? If our producer, uh, our producers, Phil Kalen and Albert Melamed, know the Quebec industry and they brought them all on. And I was so lucky to get to work with those guys and get to work like the whole 
everybody we worked with in Quebec was awesome. And uh, and I got to practice my high school French. So that was fun too. <laughs> Parlez-vous français? Yes, oui. Oui, oui. That's about all I remember. Yeah. And I'm that du fromage. <laughs> Something that is. Yeah, that's from, I'll, that, that's I'll from also say, Dexter. I'll also say our our AD Pierre Plant was really great at translating for like anytime I was in a situation where people were speaking French around me, he was my, also my translator in addition to being an AD. So I felt very taken care very of. Helpful. Yeah. <laughs> now I know uh, Heather Buckley was a producer on the Ranger. Uh, some of the uh, new producers, did you meet them like? Uh, when you were like on the film festival with the with the ranger like uh, how did you meet them yeah it was actually you know just through introductions um heather knew phil and albert um and we'd all gone to fantasia like many years in a row so we kind of knew of each other and uh heather shared the script with them and then they were excited to dive into it and then they um you know they they figured out how to make it happen and uh and shutter came on and Red Sea Media came on, who was our foreign sales team. And um, and it was really cool. And suddenly, you know, you're alone with the script for so long. And then suddenly it's moving and there and then there's a family involved. And so it was it was very cool. Amazing. Earlier when you talked about Fangoria, I kind of talked over and you mentioned Larry. So I'm, I apologize for that. But uh, Larry Fessenden's Blackouts on the cover, along with uh, your film. Um uh, what's the relationship with Larry Fessenden and like uh, how important is he to your career? Uh, he's crucial. He might be the reason for my career. Mm -hmm. um, I worked for his company, Glass Eye Picks, from 2013 to 2019. And Larry and also another producer there, Peter Polk, um, taught me how to make movies. And they gave me the opportunity to, to make movies, to produce first. I learned how to produce first. I produced six features when I was there. And then they were super supportive of the Ranger. And Larry came on as a producer of the Ranger. Um, and, and Peter is an executive producer of the sacrifice game. So, mm -hmm. I mean, they just, they just took my, my interest in learning how to make movies seriously. And they created a very like safe environment, especially when I was starting to produce and I was like the lead producer on movies like Most Beautiful Island and Darling. Um, I was the one running the show, but if I ran into any issues, they were always there. Like I could always turn to them for support. So I never felt totally on my own. And it's that kind of like, it's really that kind of like, that's making movies is hard. You need the experience. You need to make movies to know how to make movies. So having that kind of space to get to make movies in was like just incredible. And I'm so grateful for it. You've heard nothing but amazing things about Larry as like a person that brings up filmmakers. He's so awesome. And he's an, he's an artist and it was really cool. I got to, well, my first thing that I produced was his ABCs of death segment in oh. 2013. So that was a short mm -hmm. and we like, you know, took over city block and like staged a car accident and stuff. So learned a lot from that. And then fast forward to 2018 and I got to produce his feature Depraved, which is his Frankenstein movie. Oh, huge fan of Depraved. Yeah. yeah. And so it felt very, it was just a very cool like trajectory getting to do those things, especially 
I was such a fan of his movies, Habit and Wendigo. So getting to, and The Last Winter, so getting to, um, you know, produce Depraved was was really special. How did you get into your film career? How did you start? You were, I've heard this story about being uh, at sleepaway camp with wretched girls. <laughs> and you, you were like into this particular kind of music. And then at 15 stuff started happening so when were you into like what what was the timeline of you developing like I want to make movies I mean my the first horror thing I was into was are you afraid of the dark and that's when I was like five and then I was into the late 90s teen slashers like scream and I know we did last summer and uh the faculty and the craft and disturbing behavior and urban legend and all of those movies that's when i was like you know 10 to 13 and then i was diving into like the history of horror and learning you know the what set those up like halloween and and friday the 13th and and suspiria and all those movies um but anyway the really i went to school for screenwriting and then i got an internship when i was in college at a company called fearnet which was owned by Sony and Lionsgate. It was a horror TV channel. It was like Shudder, yeah. but before Shudder was a thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I got an internship there when I was in college, which then turned into a, my first real job, which was uh, a marketing coordinator in the marketing department. And while there, that was in LA, um, I started making short horror films. I was really inspired by the filmmakers that were coming in uh, and working with Fearnet. Um, Joe Lynch, for instance, would, would come in and meet with uh, the head of Fearnet, uh, Peter Block. And I, I was just like a fan of all these guys. And, yeah. um, and then, uh, so I started making these short films and, uh, and then I left LA to come to New York and uh, Peter Block, who by the way, is like the producer of all the Saw movies and a million mm -hmm other things, The Descent. Um, he introduced me to Larry and to Peter, and that's how I started working for Glass Eye Fix. Oh. It's really it was, interesting, because usually people like start in New York and then go to LA. Why did you decide to go to New York? Because uh, my boyfriend got a job in New York. <laughs> it all worked out. That's yeah. the reason why, honestly. <laughs> Is that boyfriend the person who's your husband now or different? Yes. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We've been together a very long, like we've been together like 13 years now. So it's been a minute. Yeah. yeah I met both of you at, uh, at Buff, Buffalo, um, Boston Underground Film Festival. Yeah, that was so fun. I remember I still have those photos of us like posing with the drinks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the drinks. And they. it was cool. They set up like I felt all important because they set up like a little area to do the interviews at, uh, <laughs> at, um, at the big school there, Harvard uh, Film Institute. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Since then, they just like tell me to go do them in, in the food court. It's not as prestigious, but uh. it's, still, <laughs> it's still pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, um, so the... I mentioned the festivals. How important do you think it is having your movie uh, play at festivals? Oh, so important because this is, you know, we're an indie movie. We don't have a huge studio, you know, marketing campaign budget. This is our um, way of creating buzz and creating word of mouth about the movie. And I would say that that's the approach 
for all the movies I've been involved with at Glass Eye Picks and as well as for the Ranger, like this is our time, you know, we're going to reach people screening by screening. And the hope is those people will then go tell their friends to check out the movie. And that's how you spread word of mouth. And I, I don't, I wouldn't know if, if I wasn't allowed to do a festival circuit, I don't think these kinds of movies or a movie I was involved with that's at this, that's this kind would be able to really like find its audience. Yeah. Well, uh, for the, like the year or two when we didn't have, you know, you couldn't go to festivals and the ones that were, they were virtual uh, during that period. What was that like for you as, you know, a filmmaker and someone who goes to the festivals? It was awful. <laughs> COVID was awful. For, right, right. COVID was awful for everybody for many, right. many reasons. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, I wanted to make this movie like way earlier than I. I would have liked to shoot this in like 2020 if we could have. Um, in some ways, I'm happy we weren't able to only because our actresses who I love so much and who are the movie wouldn't have been old enough to play these roles. So um, things work out, I guess, the way that they're supposed to, I'm not talking about COVID, fuck COVID, that never right, right. happened. Yeah, no, yeah. You know what I mean? Just in terms yeah. of, of a movie's life, uh, the movie happens when it's supposed to happen. Um, COVID was a very uh, lonely time and all all I did and, and my husband did, was, this was like our little pet project. We just like works on this together to try to keep some form of sanity while we were locked in our apartment for two years. Yeah. So he so, is also into the film. Is that his thing or is that something he just helped you with? He's like, I'll help you out, Jen. Let's do he usually does like Mark, his name's Sean Redlitz. He usually does, um, he's worked for many TV channels. He usually does uh, like marketing and press and social, mm -hmm. and those kinds of things. Um, but we did meet at Fearnet and then, uh, he's worked at places like CNN and Bravo and sci-fi and other places, but then he also worked at Shutter. Um, and now he's at another company called Cinereach. But anyway, that's all to say that he is a horror fan and horror is part of our relationship. Like our first date was seeing The Shining together at the Egyptian in LA. So, um, horror has been like a core part of our bonding as a couple and, uh, but this was the first, we bounce ideas off of each other all the time, but this was the first project that we like actively shared the final draft file and we're passing it back and forth. So that would, could be like a make or break of a relationship is having a creative <laughs> project together and being like, all right, then now, now I know you a little bit better and maybe don't like all these things. It's but true. It, well. <laughs> it could have gone one way or the other. It went in the way where now we're married. So I guess that worked out. <laughs> Um, but it could have gone the other way. Yeah. I like that story too. If, if someone's not necessarily a horror movie fan and they're like, uh, we got married while making this movie and then they would watch the movie and they'd be like, Oh, okay. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were in post for this movie when we got married. So, wow. so that's uh, a lot going on at once to be, I don't know how big your wedding scenario was. Some people keep it small. Some people it's a huge production. And if you were doing like a, big wedding and making a film that seems like a lot it was a lot it yeah. was a lot um i was like in canada doing post and then for a couple of weeks sean had to kind of like oversee this the you know 
the things for the wedding. And then he was like, can you come back now? And can we work on our wedding together? So then I had to take a break from post to go to the wedding. But anyway, it all worked out. It was good. Yeah. So uh, home invasion, what, what are some of your ho favorite home invasion movies? Not your favorite home invasions. Oh my God. Fa um, Last House on the Left is like, was certainly an influence for this. Um, I think Your Next is awesome. Um, home Alone. Two home alone yeah. and home alone uh, two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Home alone two count. It's like a hotel. I don't know if that yeah. counts. But home alone counts, and I'm just like inspired by your, by the Christmas element. Um, uh, what are Tim more home alone two? So it counts for everything. What's that? Tim Curry's in Home Alone too, so it just covers. It's just an automatic yes. I actually think that like Home Alone, is so smart. It is a home invasion movie and it's so smart um, to make it like for kids and to make it fun. Mm -hmm. um, the Strangers is great. Um, I don't know. What are more? They're um, I don't know if head. they, I know some people, I don't know if people consider it, uh, the hot tension um, is a really good movie. I know it kind of go, it starts as a home invasion, but really expands from that. Funny games. Funny games, yep. Funny games, both ver I love them both. I love both versions. I don't think you need to choose. I think you can just enjoy yeah. and see the difference. Yeah. Different yeah. films. There's same name, same stuff, but it's you can enjoy both at the same time. Totally. And uh, how about favorite Christmas horror movies? Because uh, I have a soft spot for a Christmas horror. Even like the really like really terrible ones I enjoy. So and there's so many. It seems every year there's many more. But uh. so I was just well, first of all, Black Christmas, of course, yeah. and that was a, totally an influence on this. Um, and then I was just thinking, and you know, Krampus is great. Um, I was just thinking today, like, because I feel like I've been answering with a lot of these kinds of questions with a lot of horror Christmas. But like Eyes Wide Shut is actually one of my legit favorite Christmas movies of all time. Oh, wow. And also that movie, The Silent Partner, is that what it's called? I've not seen that. Um, it's, yeah, it's really good. Um, I only saw that once and I was like, oh, I want to rewatch that this holiday season. Hmm. Um, I will want to watch it right now. But I would say probably top Christmas movie ever is Eyes Wide Shut. Interesting. That's not one I hear a lot. So I, I like that it's a different answer. I also love that it's so like, I don't know. I think the pol the sexual politics of it are pretty simplistic mm -hmm. in terms of like what's the motivation, the motivation for both of those characters. Um, which is just like monogamy. Monogamy is why we feel the way we're feeling. Uh, <laughs> But even despite that, uh, I just think it's such a beautiful movie. And uh, you also said you, but you don't want to uh, make a '70s uh, horror movie. And I think so many people talk about '80s horror, and nothing against '80s horror, but uh, I prefer '70s horror myself. But uh, what is it about '70s horror? Not even necessarily your favorite ones, but what is it about horror films from the '70s? It's, I think that there's just like a a rawness to a lot of 70s horror. There's, uh, that's, and that's scary. Obviously, if you think of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's like totally just raw and, and just feels like 
dirty and gritty. Yeah. And, and there's obviously it feels so like you many... shouldn't really be watching it. Yeah. But even with the more mainstream, like The Exorcist, which was a mainstream movie uh, at the time, it still feels like there's a grittiness and a dirtiness. And uh, it everything's been, I mean, Sacrifice Game, I think, is. Um, I'm not saying the sacrifice game is gritty and dirty because it's not. I, I think of the sacrifice game as um, like Last House on the Left by way of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> so please don't think that I'm trying to say that sacrifice yeah, yeah. game is gritty or whatever. But there is something about 70s horror that feels like, like it feels like horror became as it went into like blockbuster territory in the 80s. It became, even if it was still continued to be scary, it still became kind of sanitized. And also as technology advanced and everything, that also made it all feel more clean. And um, yeah. It's not as yeah. polished or overproduced, I think, which uh, I, I always bring this up. But so we went to see uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre at uh, a 35 millimeter, very bad print. And it actually really added to the movie. And then we yeah, went to see yeah. it at the same theater and it was it was a restored digital version. And like it actually was a lot worse, I thought, because it was like really bright and it looked nice, but that it, it, that didn't help the movie. Yeah, the atmosphere—it just like the grittiness adds to the atmosphere of it all, and the real yeah. the realism. Like, oh, this could have really happened. Yeah, yeah. And I think those movies, like you mentioned, The Exorcist, it does show like the textures, right? The textures are a big thing. Like you could think about being in his little crusty apartment and being in the nursing home mom is at and all of these different places and going from these, you know, places where people are basically in poverty. And then here's this nice woman's beautiful place and all the party. And so I feel like there's a lot of textural stuff in the seventies. Totally. Yeah. And the, the film grain and everything, obviously, because everything's being shot on film, mm -hmm. um, which it was continued to be shot on film in the 90s, but still, I guess this is also, you know, the time when independent filmmaking was becoming a thing and the technology was there for people to be able to work outside the studio system. So you're starting to see a lot more of that than you were seeing before that. Uh, and, pre, said that and yet pre VHS, like pre the VHS texture right. making. I agree Thank with you, that. Jen's, yeah. Dean's a good man. Uh, this was a little earlier, but uh, Dave says, when I meet someone I'm interested in, if they don't like horror, keep walking, lady. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. <laughs> you, I become a little suspicious. If somebody tells me they don't like horror, I'm like, okay, but there's some weird dark thing about you. And if it's not horror, <laughs> what is it exactly? That makes it worse, right? What yeah, I love here? What do you... <laughs> yeah. So I, I know it's on Shutter right now, but... um. Which people should go watch on Shutter, but uh, is, is there ever going to be a physical release for the Sacrifice Game? We hope so. That is something we are actively um, working towards. I can't. I can't say for sure yet. I'll just say that for the Ranger, we worked towards that and we got it, and we got on Blu-ray and DVD and VHS. We lunch meet VHS. Cool. VHSs, and we also got a novelization, and we got oh, a awesome. final, and we, um, Ed Kurtz wrote the novelization for The Ranger, and anyway, we want to do all of that kind of stuff and more for the Sacrifice game, so fingers are crossed, and there's conversations being had, so we'll see. The novelization, that's uh, very interesting, because uh, uh, 
during COVID, I went through a lot of audiobooks and actually listened to a lot of uh, novelizations that I really didn't even know existed. And uh, they're, they're their own thing. And it's kind of a lost uh, art. Like people don't really do them anymore, but it used to be like every movie got one. So yeah, I think that's very cool. But what's interesting is you were listening to audiobooks of the novelization. Yeah, so we never did it. I don't think we ever did an audiobook of it, but we obviously have to, and we should obviously have the Ringinger read the audio. Yes, oh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, he, maybe he's listening out there, Jeremy. You know. Maybe Jeremy was interested in that. Yeah, it's interesting because I met Jeremy from the through the Ranger, and he was just getting that was his first taste of horror, and like the convention or festival world and uh now he's like uh, totally into it he loves the festivals and loves he's making movies. horror movies constantly it's so cool he put out like three at least three horror movies this year alone with like brooklyn yeah 45, brooklyn yeah Bird, black mold like crazy mm -hmm. and he's good in all of them too so. it's great yeah you discovered him in the horror world yeah. He was in Mr. Robot and House of Cards before he yeah, watched us. Yeah. Those little, uh, known, little known things. <laughs> what were you about to say, Annabelle? Sorry. I was going to ask about, you've got so much stuff going on right now. And sometimes creators have uh, lots of other things going on in the works in their mind of what's next, what's next, what's the next story. Um, I'm attached to a paranoid sci-fi thriller, which I'm really excited about so we'll see you know post holidays we'll see what happens with that um and then we're just working on we're just writing different things i'm working with a, a couple of different writing partners on things and we're you know who knows but certainly sean and i always are talking about if there is a way to extend the sacrifice game universe mm -hmm. so we'll see interesting yeah oh. we don't want to spoil anything but i i would be very interested to see you know a follow-up would yes. it stay in the 70s would you like skip decades or like uh i think there's a couple ways to approach it mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know yet just yet we'll, we'll see but i love this world and i love these characters and i certainly want to um keep hanging out with them there should be a graphic novel oh yeah because this, to me, like the idea of any kind of continuation, I think about like the richness of graphic novel, like the intensity. And I kind of now looking back at it, it does have the very graphic novel, like punches of new, exciting, unexpected things happening. Thank you for saying that, because aesthetically, I always wanted it to feel like a graphic novel, fairy tale esque, like young adult fiction like and same thing with the ranger i the ranger i wanted to feel very comic booky this mm -hmm. i was thinking graphic novel just a little bit more um more depth than the way i was thinking about the ranger mm -hmm. uh so that's really cool that you just said that i feel really cool that I, that that was what was going on <laughs> yeah uh, on that uh idea do you storyboard your movies I do, but my my storyboards are pretty impossible to understand. Like they're really just for myself to to clarify my thoughts. However, on this movie, we were able to have a couple of our sequences, um, and I won't go into them too specifically. But we had a couple sequences that were complicated, um, where we had a storyboard artist come in, and I shared my 
bad sketches with him and then he made them look good. And then everybody was able to get excited about what we were doing because they were able to see his beautiful art. So that's really one cool. of the scenes was the car. There's a car scene that happens in like the first acts. Um, so one of the scenes was that one. And then one of the scenes was a scene towards the end of the movie. Mm. Was there a big table involved in that scene? It's actually, no, actually later than that. <laughs> so what's uh, the feedback like been uh, for the sacrifice game? So far, so good. Um, it's been, it's been pretty amazing, especially when we were screening it in theater, in like festivals and stuff. My favorite response is when somebody says that like, oh, this is a movie they wish they had when they were 13 years old. Cause I'm like, yes. And my <laughs> personal dream is to um, have this movie be a gateway horror drug for like kids, for, yeah. for especially for girls. Um, you know, like I said before, when I was 10, I was watching Scream and all those movies and those were my gateway horror. And I, my hope is that this can be that for a kid now. Yeah. Um, when you were that age, how did other people uh, react to you being into horror movies? Um, my mom hated it. And I think that's why I liked it so much because it was like <laughs> rebellion. Um, and, uh, and then I was just like the girl in school that was like, hey guys, let's hang out during recess and try to like call the corners and like do light as a feather, stiff as a board. I was like, let's go hang out in the graveyard after school and like have a seance. Like I was that person. Um, so, you know, and it's yeah. also a time when I was, when you're like 10 to 12 years old or whatever, it's kind of like reality and imagination are very fluid. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I was, convincing myself that some of these things were actually possible. I was yeah. in that headspace. Yes. Yeah. Like you said, the stiff as a feather, uh, stiff as a board, light as a feather. Yes. I think there's yeah. a few out there that were like, it's going to happen if I believe in it. Totally. It will work. <laughs> I remember my friends and I at a sleepover party were doing it. And there were probably like, I don't know, eight girls. And we were all carrying one girl. And we picked her up like, to our shoulders and we were like oh my god this is amazing guys we're doing it but it's like i don't know how how much do 10 year olds weigh like i don't know 70 pounds or something a lot. And, like, and there's like eight girls doing it so obviously we're gonna lift the person like it's not that hard but we were like oh it's magic we're doing magic yeah no i i'll i'll i think it was the magic yeah <laughs> thank you yeah so you said your mom hated it. Uh, does she watch your movies now? She does. Okay. And she she's like, oh, they're not that bad. <laughs> and I do <laughs> think a compliment. Yeah, they're not it's that her bad. gateway to horror movies. Yeah. yeah. Actually, like uh, Sean's mom also watched it and she's not a horror per person. She mm -hmm. watched it and she too was like, oh, okay, I could take I could take that. So I don't know. I think um I think it's accessible to people. Um there's yeah. Like if anybody listening is going to share it with your parents or children over Christmas, like there is gore and there is violence. So please know that. But besides that, like it's, it's kind of heartwarming and, and uh, it's kind of a family movie. If you, sure. if you brush aside the blood and, <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah. My, watching a movie with my mom would be different. Cause that's why I watch horror movies was because 
Yeah. She just took them to me, or took me to them. But yeah. she liked she liked her. Yeah, yeah, yeah big horror. The first yeah. movie I have a memory of seeing was uh, um, Night of the Living Dead when I was like five or something. But, yeah. Nice. How about you, Annabelle? No, my family. I was definitely the the oddball. I liked different. Just my parents would read Stephen King, but they didn't watch horror movies. Mm. And so I was sneaking Stephen King. There'd be like Stephen King books laying around. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I was watching Stephen King movies that were on TV in the middle of the day on Saturdays. So I went from like stupid babysitters club to Stephen King. Yes. Great. Yes. And then that was just, yeah, they do not understand. Yeah. But they, they didn't run time. It was like they were kind of more nerd than horror person which is fine but i was always kind of like a little off to the side they weren't watching stephen king movies yeah they would but they were more like actiony like aliens which mm -hmm. is horror but also very actiony yeah but here i am today it's a whole new world yeah. People argue if it well, I guess aliens is definitely more action, but alien would definitely be more horror, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But they even I mean aliens still has Yeah, it's a got lot giant monsters and people and stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I will say that's always annoying to me when people want to like actually argue over what genre something is. I'm uh, gonna check out this weekend for sure. Caught my eye when Shutter was streaming some trailers. There Thank you, Dave. I hope you dig it. Yeah. And so where can people follow you to see what you're up to or your films? So I'm on Instagram and my name is at bubblegum and blood. <laughs> and the sacrifice game is also on Instagram and it's at the sacrifice game. That's easy to find. Great name. Yes. And sacrifice game is playing on cheddar, but it's also on AMC plus. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's what I, I I switched AMC Plus. Just it's a good it's a good deal for people interested. You get Shutter and IFC and you get a lot of stuff. So they're not paying me, but I like the I like the so, yeah. <laughs> And I, I do want to mention I mentioned this a few times when, we, when we've done previous interviews, but you filmed uh, the Ranger and Hunter Mountain, and I have mentioned a bunch of times that's where I did the stone carving. That's this is who I was stone carving with was, was Annabelle. This is the one that forced Neil to go stone carving. That's so cool. Inspire people. You gotta do it. You're gonna inspire people. Amazing. Like, even if this idiot can do it, I can do it too. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, no, it's a it's good amazing. time. Amazing. And you're in New York. Oh, you should go. Do you know the movie Basket Case? Yes. Okay, the guy who plays the actual human man, who's the twin of the grotesque twin, he's the person that does it. So this actor he became is. a professional stone sculptor. And now every summer he runs, it's a week or two weeks, depending on the funding for the year. And he just has this giant generator and all of these power chisels with freaking airlines all over the place and you just carve he teaches you here's what you do and then you're just carving stones for two for weeks free, for free it's a week two weeks he always takes sundays off which frustrates me because if you're coming for a weekend sunday is part of the weekend but it is what it is he's doing it for free. and you don't have to be there the whole time you can just go for yeah. a day or yeah as long as yeah 
Do you have to get your own hotel or does he like provide a cabin? He didn't want to provide a cabin. That would be awesome. There is, I will say that one time in the past few years, I went to an amazing campground and I like camping. So I loved it. It was beautiful. It was like the whole picture. But it's, I mean, it's a wonderful place. You know, it's beautiful and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's on Hunter Mountain. It's, um, do you know where Tannersville is? Yeah. It's at their town hall. There is. If you went to the town hall today and you look to the side of the parking lot, there's a bunch of giant boulders, like probably about the size of a small car, a few of them. And they're all carved because you can either carve on a stone, like it's portable stone you can take with you, or you can carve on one of these giant boulders. And then it's just there. It's amazing. That actually sounds like something Jeremy Home would also enjoy. Oh, I feel like we should have a little field trip. All right. Well, yeah, we'll have to make it out for that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have a Frankenstein monster that's on the boulder and he's not quite finished. So someday I want to go and finish him. Oh, yeah. Someday. It's usually like late summer, early fall. It's excellent. Cool. Yes. Send you the name of what it is. I do want to mention Facebook user asks, where is this streaming? That's actually Aaron Broyles. I can see his name over here. Uh, Shudder. Watch uh, the Sacrifice game on Shudder, which is also part of AMC Plus. So either way. All right. Very good. Well, it was awesome to have you back on. Well, actually, you've never been on the regular show. So. No. no? Only, the, only the Boston Underground yeah. version of it. Right. And then I the met you at Fright Fest. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. This is so cool. I feel like I'm lacking in Christmas decorations, though. Like, so. <laughs> how you're, can you're I doing better than me. You've at least got a wall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's very Christmassy wall. Yeah. yeah. Everyone loves brick walls at Christmas time. But yeah, <laughs> I like the brick wall. But anyway, it was great to have you. And let's do it again sometime. Thank you so much. And thanks, any, everyone out there listening. Thank you for listening. All right. Happy holidays. And holidays, holidays. We're going right. to play a tune and we'll be back here momentarily. Bye for now. Bye.
Uh, Damien will be uh, Damien will be joining us momentarily, and uh, it was great to talk to Jen. Yeah, Jen was great. Your hat, I'm sorry, dude. I put it in the chat. It is it's so like right now I have a window. I, I well then I'll just have to cover all of you. <laughs> I have a window over the. Whoop, okay, enough of that. <laughs> Hello. Hello. We're back here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm still nasty, Neil. And this is Annabelle Lecter. Mm-hmm. And we're joined by Damian Ragna, writer and director of When Evil Lurks, which is uh, maybe it's the feel-good uh, movie of the holiday season. Yeah. Hello. Hello. It's good to have you here. Good night. Um, well, my English is not so good, but I hope to everything gonna be funny, I guess. Yeah, we'll work it out. Well, thank you for doing the show. Uh, so what's the inspiration for When Evil Lurks? Oh, there's a lot of inspiration. I guess it's a couple of ideas that I had uh, during a couple of years. Um, first at all, is uh um the the idea of the rotten body the rotten guy who is possessed mm-hmm. came from the um people from uh, I, I guess it's around the world but more in argentina uh, the pesticides are killing people are making oh, wow. a lot of disaster uh, in poor people who live in, in inside the country with plantations and the idea of okay that probably a family living in the poverty with this surrounding uh, with with this pesticide and I thought why not instead of cancer uh, bring the idea to this family to a possessed I mean a demon um, it was a, it was an inspiration for the rodent. Um, and obviously, the movie, the idea of the fascism is growing around the world, everywhere. Um, came in my mind when I when I wrote this kind of possession, this kind of demon, viral demon, uh, which which get in your in your head and, and push you to do something 
against yourself. Mm. It was some kind of inspiration for me. Uh, obviously, uh, at the same time, I a couple of years ago, I had a, a, a neighbor beside my house, which has a, a breed of this kind of dogs you saw in the movie. Uh, my neighbor and their dogs environment too. Wow, I had no idea. But what you've just said gives me a whole new appreciation for this movie. I love the movie. It's amazing. And not having known that now, I definitely want to watch it again to have that perspective. Um, it's so sad. And so that's very sad to hear. Yeah, I, 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 I choose to not be too explicit. Uh, yeah. in that movie. Uh, I prefer you to scare you and tell you a, a good story. Um, I, um, but yes, obviously, that was uh, that inspired me, but yeah. it, I, it's, I, I wasn't be, it's so explicit in the movie. I, I prefer to make a horror movie. I mean, I prefer you thinking, oh, this motherfucker uh, scared me a lot. <laughs> um, but obviously, you have a, a couple of more levels in the movie uh, when you know where it come from. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, all, all the people I know who've seen it love it. And I'm sure you've been hearing that a lot, that this movie is... I mean, this is not a movie that's going to leave anytime soon. This is something that's going to be in people's minds. It's exceptional. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it works around the world, and which is it's weird because it's a, it's an Argentinian movie with subtitles, and it works everywhere, which is good. And yeah, I'm very proud, very proud of, uh, to, to, connect my, to connect new people with my my work yeah um uh saying that were you how did you get the uh theatrical release and were you uh, surprised that you got a theatrical release in the united states uh well because shutter bob it w was part of the production mm -hmm. uh they are co-producer and um when they saw the movie they said this is gonna be the halloween movie for us and and they made all the work. Uh, mm -hmm. I just wait and receive the good news. But yes, it's because Chatter AMC they did it. Yeah, Annabelle and I saw it in Boston, and uh, it was awesome to see on the big screen. Yeah, it, it's weird because because it was um <clears throat> um we we did we did in uh six. 670 theaters in the state, which is a lot for a new movie. Mm -hmm. uh, a movie, and but, but we we didn't have a, um, a publicity. I mean, all the publicity was because of you, because of all the people who got the movie in, in festivals. Or, but yeah, probably you have a, a lot of theaters theaters. Uh, but without uh, people, because people didn't know <laughs> the movie exists. 
which, uh, but anyway, it was a really good experience. They, they, I mean, AMC was uh, really happy with the release in, in, in the States. So I'm happy to. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people here in the chat. Uh, Grande Demian uh, from uh, uh, Rivera. Well, I, I know him. He's he's a big fan. <laughs> oh, he's ah uh, yeah. That's very good. Um, we had a question on Facebook here. Dobbs wants to know: Was it difficult to work with kids, considering how graphic your movie was? Uh, um, how how is working with them, or why I choose to do? what I did. <laughs> I guess either I way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It, it was really hard, but not because of the kids. Um, it's because of the regulation to work with them. Uh, I don't know what happened in the state. I guess it's the same or similar, but it was really, really hard to work with, with people, with people, with kids in, in Argentina because of the regulation. It's, it's not allowed to work with them because it's pro, it's, they are... Uh, we need to have a permission, and mm -hmm. it, it means to reduce the hours per day uh, for four hours per day during three days, uh, not consecutive days, which means a lot of effort, a lot of work with the um, with the production when we design the movie, we design the, 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 the plan to work to make a movie. Um, but anyway. It works, and and yes, uh, in the movie you you saw probably a lot of crimes. I don't know if everyone saw the movie. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, I be hard with them. I know I recognize that. Uh, sorry, but <laughs> they deserve. They are demons. No, I I like. I also so terrified. And you're not afraid to uh, to break some taboos, I think. Have uh, you know kids and, and maybe thinking, animals? I'm making a horror movie. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I grow the story. I said, if you, I mean, if I have the chance to be free, making horror movie, um, why not? Why not? I'm I'm making horror movie for a horror audience. I'm not making horror movie for teenagers. Uh, anyway, teenager love my movie, so which is good, but that's the point. I, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to be honest with with me, and what I want to see in a movie, a horror audience. So it means uh, dog killing a little girl. Why not? And it's not exploitation movie. It's just part of an excellent story. There's some things that would use children. And it would just be almost like funny, but I feel like you just have such an amazing story. And this is just part of that story in a very believable way. Like, hopefully nothing like this is going to happen, but it feels very real. Thank you, Annabelle. Uh, look, I always said the same. It, it not depend on how I show the, the violence in the movie or mm -hmm. how many violence are in the movie. I I'm worried to make a good story. I mean, I worry to give you a story which you don't know what is going to happen in the next five minutes all the mm -hmm. time. And if it works, uh, I I guess it is my goal. And um, obviously, the violence and the shocked moment are part of my story. But um, 
I'm betting to the not be only recognized for this scene mm -hmm. is instead of that for the movie for entire movie and it it works because um, I realize there's a big audience which do not like the horror movies and love my movie and mm -hmm. uh, I mean okay it is not for the violence it is not for the shock moment it is because the story works it's very rich. Yeah. And everyone plays it very serious, the movie, which I think really sells the fantasy elements or the horror elements. Um, because it's not tongue in cheek at all. It's you know, everyone is playing like this is very real, a very grim movie. Yeah, yes, uh, I I I choose uh, I would say I, I love the, the comedies. What well, mm -hmm. even that is is one of the, of the inspiration of this movie. But I, I, when I make horror, I try to make it plausible. I, I, I guess it's plausible, the word in English. I don't know. Yes. Uh, yes. But yeah. trying to make it real because okay. if you believe in the in the situation, you believe in the actors, and you believe if you believe in in the dialogues, probably I I catch you. I got you. If I got you, I got. You, uh, I will make you. I will make you pass a bad moment. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Not that just used children, but you had a child who I believe was autistic. Mm. And yeah. that a lot of times people won't portray anyone with any kind of disability because again, people think, well, then that's exploitation of a person. But this was just another real human character I mean, there's more to it than that. Yeah, I, I, I guess, I guess the the, the audience uh, it have this trip with the characters because they believe in the characters, and the characters um, are represent us in mm. the deep. Because I guess more more from from me that I'm Argentinian and the movie is. 100% Argentinian. Uh, but I guess in some way, all the people around the world who love this movie recognize themselves in those characters, how they how they live, how they interact with this uh, dysfunctional family, how they, uh, they, they struggle to keep showing in, 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 in the bad moments. But they have a lot of trouble that they have a lot of troubles Problem that is it's not the demon that they that they are hunted them. They have a lot of problems, and we mm -hmm. as normal people we, we have it too. Now, had you worked with the lead before Ezekiel? The sequel? Yeah. <laughs> I never thought the sequel because uh um when I when I even when I finished I hate the movie. I didn't see the movie during nine months until we have the premiere, the release in Toronto and in, in the festival. Uh, because it was a lot of work. You cannot imagine how, how I worked in this movie. Uh, but obviously, people are people love the movie. People are pushing me to expand the universe. Producers are, are pushing me to expand the universe, which means, okay, producers, 
audience. Um, I guess I need to make a, a sequel. I hope to try. I hope to do it. That would I don't be. Know it. I don't know what. But it sounds like that will be painful. <laughs> And I will be so glad if you do it because, you know, sometimes there'll be a wonderful, amazing story and then it becomes other people's property and then it changes. So I hope you... Yeah, uh, it, it, probably, it probably could happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but the point is uh, AMC uh, um, asked me, Shadow mm -hmm. asked me what, what I want to do with the movie. Which I be very proud about that question, um, because they want me to make another one, <clears throat> and they give me the chance to have the priority to expand my own universe, which is something weird, but yes. Uh, and we are in conversation, trying mm -hmm. to know what is the best deal, what is the best um, option. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of studio which they are trying to buy the ride for remakes and franchise. Mm -hmm. uh, it's easy to to guess that. Um, but uh, at the same time, we are we are trying to know what is the correct step. Mm -hmm. Is it necessary to have a remake of this movie? Oh, remake. So is there talks of like an English version remake? Uh, I don't think it's needed uh, because I think this totally works. But uh, no, you know how many movies come over from I mean, if it's going to sell, then, it, you know, it is what it is. But there's so many movies that come from from places other than, you know, non-English speaking countries and almost universal. Like, it's like, well, why it is so these originals are so amazing. And then they just change it. Like there's Japanese movies that they decide they're very profitable and they bring them and they're just never, they're just never quite catch it. And at the same time, I'm sure it doesn't hurt having, having the income come in from it, like an English version of a film. So, and it makes it more accessible. There are some people who just are going to be that person it, who doesn't want to read subtitles. It does seem like it's more accessible for people to watch movies today with subtitles. I will say that. Yeah. 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 I'm agree. I'm agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm sure that would be a hard decision. How, what's that decision like for you? If they did come to you, we want to do an, uh, an English remake of it. What would be the pluses and minuses for you? I don't, I, I won't, I won't be the director for a remake of this movie. I suffer a lot, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> enough, uh, but I, I hope to, if there's somebody who made this movie for in English language, I will push to keep the script as is it. I will push to keep the, to do not change a lot because um, I guess it works. And sometimes when you see uh, a remake, uh, the new the new writers and the new people who take the, the remake change a lot because yeah. they think it's necessary change because to give something different. I'm not that guy. I'm not that kind of. I guess if you choose to make a remake of something, uh, obviously. It's good to have a new vision, but but 
keep the, the good thing, keep the, 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 the structure. That's why mm -hmm. I what I think. Yeah. Because uh, I do think like the English uh, language remake of Let the Right One In is a good movie. And um, yes. that's, and it's almost yeah. like there's a lot of the same scenes. I've been talking with the producer of, of uh, 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 that movie. Uh, they, they made a really good job with the remake, but they have no success. And I asked them, why you think it, it hasn't uh, good success? Mm -hmm. And they, uh, he told me because the the rhythm of that European movie is not the same rhythm that the American audience wants, and that's why because they made a really good uh, remake, and it doesn't work with the with the audience. Um, I mean, with with theater, I mean with with the with the commercial um, movement. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is well, you you don't know what what is who had the the correct decision, um, yeah, because probably if if I did that movie, I, I will make the same, and I made a mistake. It sounds uh, very scary. <laughs> if yeah. it was me, I'd be. Uh, I'd uh, a choice. Yeah, Puppy says, I can't wait to see more of your work, Damien. You make great things. She'd said earlier she's a big fan of uh, Terrified in the chat here. Yeah, you you must you must go with my in my site, DamienRugnan.com, and you will find my previous work uh, to watch. There's a English subtitle. So oh, for the wow. moment, you can do that. You can do oh. that. I don't know when I went, I will shoot a movie, a new movie. That's wonderful. I yeah. will be going to that website myself. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned the premiere at Toronto. Um, where, did you get to go there? Did, were you at Toronto to see the premiere? So what yeah. was that experience yeah. like? Well, it was incredible. After nine months without <laughs> watch my movie, yeah. uh, the audience with, with uh, beautiful people. I mean, it was in Mind and Madness. Um, Peter Kukowski, uh, great guy, and all the people there was incredible. I, I saw the movie with Viggo Mortensen in front of me, jumping all the time and laughing. All the time. <laughs> incredible because I, 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 I one of the, the biggest inspiration of Whenever Lurks was the role, his movie. Yeah, yeah. that's a great movie and a great book. Yeah. Yeah, and when when I was in the hotel, I crossed him, I found him uh, in the in the elevator, and mm -hmm. uh, I said, uh, I and start to work with him because he lived in Argentina and he speaks oh. Spanish fluently as an Argentinian, and we talk around ten minutes uh, mm -hmm. of soccer, and I I forgot to say. It. Your movie inspired my movie. You must go. When I realized, when I back to my room and realized, oh my god, I've been talking with, of soccer with Viggo Mortensen. I don't. <laughs> your movie inspired me. I I, I talked with my with, with the press of the movie, and they called with her his press, and then they invited him to the to the premiere, which mm -hmm. came. That's amazing. If you've never read the book, uh, The Road, it's 
it's fantastic too. It's even it's even darker than the movie. Right, I will I will boogie. Uh, it's funny you mentioned soccer because Dobbs did ask, and I didn't. I wasn't going to ask, but since since you brought up, do you watch uh, football, soccer, and if so, what club do you support? Uh, my club is Belis Arfield, and a big, 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 huge fan of soccer. I made a piracy transmission in Twitch with all all the match uh, in the World Cup. I was the I don't know who to say the the, the in English uh, but the the guy who talked what is going to happen. Oh, like a commentator. Commentator, yeah. Uh, yeah my cool. partner was the actor of the movie of the winner Ben Lurks, uh, Ezequiel Rodriguez, and yeah, yeah, I'm a very very big fan of soccer. <laughs> but Dean Have you ever played? Hmm. Sorry. Have you played soccer? Yeah, all, all my life. Yeah. I, I, all my life I played soccer. But the last two years, I I, I don't abandon it. But I don't play the, during the last two years. But I, all my life, yes. So uh, who is in charge of the uh, the effects and the gore in um, When Evil Works? Because everything looks amazing. Yeah, the, the um, all the... Um, Practical effect was made by Marcos Berta Studio, which he he was with me in Terrified too. Terrified also, and uh, the visual effect was made by um, I mean the VFX Andres Borgi, uh, which is a really good director also. And yeah, we made a a good team. We work a lot. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, they are great. They are, they are really, really great artists. Marcos Berta has a, in his Instagram. You, you can you can take a look. He's a, a great master. How long did it take to get the poor guy in the bed who's throughout the movie in the like? I it looks like that would take forever to get that poor man in that. Well, actually, it was a puppet with oh, okay. four, yeah, four, four <laughs> people. Uh, Making making his the movement inside the body with with um, sticks and cables and uh, yeah uh, on the face of that guy was a mix with, between practical effects and VFX. Wow! Wow, the VFX uh really bl blended into the movie like you can't tell like you know there's a lot of VFX in the movie. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of VFX, but uh, the point is you cannot realize yeah. because it looks like all practical, uh, yeah. which, which talk good about the visual effects when you do not realize what is true and what not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the sound also helps. There's a lot of gross sounds during uh, a lot of the gore, which uh, helps sell all the gross stuff that's going on. Yes, uh, Pablo Isola was the the sound designer. I made all my movies. I have six movies, and I made all my movies with him. And and by another hand, Pablo Fu was the musician, and he made uh, an incredible, incredible music. Um, and he has he's a really, really good talent. 
Uh, both terrified and when evil lurks are very grim. They're very like dark and like not like fun loving movies. Um, are your other films the same way? Well, the previous movie before Terrified was a black comedy uh, with a monster. I mean, it, it talks about the horror movies, but it, it is a, a black comedy, absurd, grotesque. Um, and my and previous of that, I made a Cursus Bastard, which makes a lot of soft channel inside one film because it is an... Uh, uh, a triptych, uh, I mean, it's three different stories, mm -hmm. uh, and you can see there uh, gore, you can see there comedy, you can see ghosts, uh, a lot of mix of such genre. And my first movie was The Last Gateway, uh, it's more like well, it was my first movie, it was I was young. <laughs> But I, I, I guess it's more like this one. Not too grim. Not too grim. It's more more funnier. funnier, funnier. But it's a uh, Lovecraft movie. Oh, Lovecraftian wow. movie, I guess. I'm interested to check that out, yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to see your movies. And as you're talking about them, I'm thinking, I don't know if you know how I think that you are going to be huge, 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 like one of the names of horror cinema. You're going to be there. Absolutely. I was thinking about when we were talking about um, making a, a, a translation, a remake into English and how well movies do. And then I thought of when you brought up uh, Vigo about um, Crimes of the Future. And how Crimes of the Future did not do that great. And I think that's just across the board in America that there are more um, artful stories tend to not do as well <laughs> across the board. Is it about, you know, that it's a translation piece? I don't think so. I think that just the broad American audience is showing up for, you know, Marvel movies and not artful movies if that makes sense so i think it's gonna be it's tough yeah um yeah i'm uh, i'm i'm agree mm. uh, but i don't know what is going to happen with me <laughs> uh it happened I, i've been working with guillermo del toro in 2018 and mm -hmm. i thought that, okay this is my chance i will i will be famous is my opportunity. I will work in Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. And nothing happened. I mean, pandemic, COVID came and destroyed mm -hmm. my plan. I grow. And and I don't know. I I, I guess I, I love the idea to make uh, the movie that I want to make. Even in the last three months, I've been talking with 15, 20, I don't know, studios and people executive who loves whatever lurks and they want to work with me and uh, i told them okay now i have the chance to say i want to make a horror movie that i want to make i don't want to make franchise i don't want don't want to make uh, a movie for horror movie for all wider audience yeah and i guess i i 
I have my style. People know me because of Terrified. People know me now because of When Evil Arts. Obviously, I love the money, but I don't know. Uh, I I want to make movies that uh, inspire me, that mm -hmm. make me wake up early morning to work mm -hmm. and feel that I'm not working, that feel I'm playing. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I don't know if the system gonna take my ideas, mm -hmm. uh, but I will try to make it possible. Well, I will say when evil lurks, uh, I've seen over like the last month or two, pe uh, word of mouth is really spreading. People talk a, a lot about it. A lot of people say it's like the best horror movie of the year. Yeah. which uh, we'll be doing our best horror movies in a couple weeks. And it, I, I'm sure it's on both our lists, but, but it's nice to see, cause we went to see it and then to see more people really discovering it and really loving it. Yes. Yes. Uh, all, all, all the time. Now we are starting to have a release in Latin America, in theaters. Uh, oh. and at the same time, we are moving to Europe in theaters. Mm -hmm. We are in Asia, uh, which is really weird for me because uh, I I don't I don't I don't know how is this. I used to make movies that fails, and I and it it is my first movie that has this kind of release in theaters around the world. In, mm -hmm. and, I remember it's in an independent movie. It's not in a big studio. It's a small movie. What what this? Which means the movie has more value uh, because of that. Because there's not a, a machine spending money to make it famous. Mm -hmm. the, this movie is famous because of you because of the people who love movies because they are talking about that yeah what you said too about not making a movie for like a wide audience like if you took when evil lurks and you're like well, let's make it a little more lighthearted. let's take out you know some of the the gross stuff the gore let's take out some of the stuff with animals and kids it would be a it would be you know what would it be it would be fine but it, it wouldn't be as powerful as it is and i think that comes through to people uh like all of us who want to see, you know, we just want to see a good horror movie. And uh, and it's much different than most of the things we see. And I think when people really spend the time trying to, like, let's make this, like, appeal to everybody, and then it doesn't really appeal to anyone at some point. Yeah, it is um, It's not a commercial movie, but mm -hmm. it works as a, a big commercial movie. Mm -hmm. um, probably it's because... The horror audience is waiting something like this. Uh, they are trying to find something like this or all the time around the world in a horror uh, panorama. Um, but, but yes, I, I, I guess, I guess, um, I, I want to make movies for all other people but I, I sure, don't I don't sure. think I, I don't think the, the, the studio thing that I, I, I my movies are for all audience but obviously first of at all my goal my point is make a good movie for all the people 
uh, I, I love to 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 share the, the movie around the world. No, I'm not an author. It's not movie as an author, but I have a my vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, and I guess, it, it can leave. I, I mean, it can leave my my vision with with the with the audience. That is mm-hmm. the what we saw with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, I think, being this independent, you know, here you are, an independent creator from the outside who's made it to these major uh, distributors. This is like the dream of the independent horror filmmaker is to be able to make something that they that is true to them and in you know brings in the people that they want to bring in not people who are assigned to be there people you choose. So it's very inspirational. You have you are achieving and you've achieved your own dream I'm sure for yourself just getting to this point. Yes. Yes, it's a, it's like a dream. Uh, my my first dream was get to live to pay my taxes to pay my food making movies. This was my first um, my first goal, and it took me around sixteen years of career. After four movies, I I can I could do it after Terrified, mm-hmm. and and now looking at me. Uh, Having the big price of such a festival and make a movie, an independent movie around the world in theaters uh, with a lot of people who are interested in watching this podcast, you talking with me. This is too weird for me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, honestly. Honestly, because I'm not paying for this. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm this, as I told you, this is not a machinery. Which is spending mon- money in press, it's spending money in, in promotion. No, no, it is a big uh, goal for an independent filmmaker. Yeah. Well, what kind of um, movies made you interested in, hor- in horror films? Um, well, I'm interested in horror movie since I was eight, nine years old, uh, which in that time you don't have a lot of memory, but obviously. The Exorcist, Thriller, Gremlins, all the movies in the 80s, in the Blackbuster movie, in VHS. Um, you can imagine all the movies, all the movies, all John Carpenter's movies, Sam Raimi movie, uh, Paul Verhoeven movies. Um, I mean, I, I guess I, I have 44 years old. Um, I guess all the 80s movie. Um, of the horror uh, genre inspired me, and mm-hmm. I loved this genre since I was a child. But the one that exists, one movie that changed changed me forever was Friday Thirteen Part Three. Oh, because it was my first experience with a um, lot of gore, with oh. extreme violence. I don't know if I had nine years old when i saw that movie i said yes this this is incredible i want to i want to make that and i i made uh, uh comic books writing uh, drawing uh during all my teenage uh, when i was teenage yeah and uh 
I I think that's the one where you I that that's like a, a lot of people's favorite sequel in in that franchise. And I always think a lot of it too is the uh you actually root for the uh the good guys in that one. It's not just all about seeing Freddy kill people. Like you actually like all the kids in uh, part three. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I'm thinking. Yeah, my, 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 my well, Freddy, Freddy kills, kills Kinesia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what what I'm going to do with my with my kids with the next kids in, in the next movies. I <laughs> I I had a, a couple of scripts that I read already are I agreed in uh years before. And there's a lot of dead uh <laughs> children's in that. But and a guy from the state told me you are the the children slayer, something like that. <laughs> I say, oh my god! <laughs> That's how we're going to introduce you. Yeah. Uh, along kind of those lines, was there anything in uh, when evil lurks that was cut out of the, the theatrical release, or was there anything that they want that they wanted you to cut out of it? No, no, no. I, I all you saw in the theater. In the theater is is what I what I wrote and what I shoot it. Mm. I did not cut the anything. I, I guess no. Probably some dialogues to reduce the dialogues. Right. Yes, but no, no. It's all is there. It's amazing because sometimes you see movies that really need to be cut. <laughs> yeah, and people that talk about struggling with what to cut, but that you could have. You basically all of your major content stays is unbelievable because it's all yeah, good. Well, this is because of why it is war, I guess. Because my vision is is in this movie, and mm -hmm. I have the freedom to make, to write it, to make, to shoot it, to, and this is my cut. And all the time when 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 studios as a movie and uh, they test the movie with people um they decide to take to get rid of a couple of scenes or change the the, the, the uh, move away one scene for for the beginning no no this this time i had the chance to to make it uh, with my vision and this is my cut See, uh, you mentioned your website. Uh, people can uh, so there's links from your website to all your movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Themianrunga.com. Uh, you well, probably you're gonna to translate something uh, because it's in Spanish, but it's not. It's easy well, to Google translate. Google that. Yeah, like uh, they have Google Translate and it'll translate the whole page. Yeah, too. and you will find my my previous movies with all free. Uh, in links and YouTube hidden links, they are there. It's wow. easy to find. My short movie, too. My band, my this is my band. Oh, oh nice! Wow. Yeah, I, we made the final song of the movie. Oh, awesome! So, oh, wow! So you, you do it all. You're a <laughs> musician. I heard you talking about drawing comics. You're a filmmaker. 
and you play soccer. Do you sing? Well, <laughs> I, I I'm not. Uh, when I'm not now, I'm not playing soccer. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not drawing anymore. And um, but yeah, I'm still having the band. And well, I I don't I I don't have kids. That's why I have a, a bit time, a little yeah. bit of yeah. more time. Yeah. Do you dance? I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> what else do you juggle? What do you do? <laughs> no, no, I, I'm not a good dancer. I like <laughs> I'm the kind of heavy metal stupid who heavy heavy metal lover who are sitting while everyone is having fun. And yeah. So what metal uh, music do you like? What are your what other uh, bands and musicians do you like? Uh, well, I, I'm a big fan of Megadeth, big fan mm -hmm. of uh, Symphony X, um, Guns N' Roses. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I, I, I love heavy metal bands. Mm -hmm. Not that, not that, no, no, no. But I, but I like I like heavy metal bands. Obviously, Iron Maiden, Halloween. Um, there's a lot. Yeah. But we can find your band on your site, so we can also listen to your. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You you can find the 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 song, the ending song is there in, awesome. in the website. That's great. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm I'm looking forward to checking that out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dave Deadman has a good question over here. All right, let me grab it. Uh, let's see, Dave Deadman. He brought up his first film being Lovecraft. Is he a Stuart Gordon fan, and has he seen Suitable Flesh? I saw Suitable Flesh in um fantastic fest mm -hmm. yeah i've been with the director we've been talking uh Shaw lynch yeah and guy a really funny movie uh it, it was a it was a trip uh to the mm -hmm. 80s and for mm -hmm. me it was uh he he got the sense of that uh of that 80s which love and and yes, I guess it was a really really good sequel, if or kind of that uh, of uh, Stuart Gordon movies. Yeah, yeah uh, Dave, uh, kind of what you're saying here says a newer, uh, the one newer one Gordon didn't get to make that was in the vein of Reanimator and From Beyond, mm -hmm. kind of saying like it felt like one of those movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, also, also I, I work with. Brian Houston, uh, a couple oh, of years ago, he gave me a, a toy of Reanimator. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's one of my favorite movies. So, yeah. Oh, Reanimator. Yeah. Yeah. I have not seen Suitable Flesh yet. I don't think it's available anywhere because I didn't I didn't get to see it at a, a festival. Or... I saw it at a Lovecraft festival and it was just. It was so sad for them because it was during the strikes, so they couldn't have people be guests. Yeah. Like Barbara Crampton would have been a guest and some other people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love Barbara Crampton. She's a great. Yeah. Uh, Amazing. She, was, she was in, in the in the she was in 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 Fantastic Fed, but I, I saw her in Beyond Fest in LA. Yes. And it happened that what you said she, she was there, but as a producer, not as an yes. actress. Yes. Uh, yeah. But so, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was very, 
it so fit what it was supposed to be. And from what we heard from the the festival presenters for that particular festival is, you know, how much a labor of love it was for all of the people involved. Like they wanted to make this really in honor of him and their love for these movies and the love for that like kind of Lovecraft, but this particular kind of Lovecraft universe. It's its own thing. Yeah. So well, what have been the benefits for you uh, going to the festivals? Uh, I, I assume it's really gotten your movies out there. Uh, well, there's a lot of benefits. Uh, first of all, is to meet new people, to meet um, other culture people who is watching your movie and talk with them and to know another filmmakers to hang out hang out with them and talk about the reality. I mean their life, how they work, how they live, where where and how. And at the same time it's the good chance to make your movie make your movie real for audience to show to say, hey, this is my movie officially is alive. And there's a lot of benefit. Yes, a press, press reviews before of everything. Um, yeah, I love and drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> What's your choice beverage? Uh, it's beer, but it depends where you are. Mm. Uh, I travel to. Well, yeah, beer, beer. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Yeah, yeah. But there awesome. are local beers. Do you always have the same thing, or do you travel and you're like, here's this local brewery, and I'm going to try the local brewery beer? No, no, I, I love it. I, I, I love to go to Brussels and the beef festival because. I, I guess it's more it's because they, they are in Brussels, Belgium, yeah. and they have the best beers in the planet, in the world. And they think I love to go there because of the festival, but it's because of the, of the beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I like that. The, the benefit of the, the festivals is, uh, is to drink a lot of beer, is, is what we're getting. <laughs> uh, how did you get involved in Satanic Hispanics? Ale, 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 Alejandro Brugues called me and he asked me to be part of this. Yeah. Who will be on the show soon, actually. I was talking to him earlier. So. Oh, good. Yeah. And well, I, I said yes, but I, I thought no mm -hmm. because I was working with Winnie and I say, well, I, I, if you need me, I will say yes. But I, uh, but what is going to happen? I will disappoint you, disappoint you, because uh, I won't have enough time to make. But if you need me, if you want me, let's try. And I try to to get out of five times. And he convinced me all the time as a psychiatric. 
uh, <laughs> we've been talking during an hour, uh, a lot of time during my process of when it was, which it was very hard. And all the time he made a really good job as producer, mm. put on me all the time in the project. And I did it and I thought, uh, I don't know what is going to happen because I, I love the filmmakers, but you don't never know. You, you never know the, the, the anthology, how it works. But this anthology, I'm very proud because it's a really, really, um, really good anthology with different uh, episodes, uh, funny and scary. Um, I, I'm very proud to to him because he put me, <laughs> he stopped me to get out. But, uh, but the idea to get out of, of that project in the beginning was because of when it was too much work to when it was made me crazy. And I did that movie just 15 days after I ended the shooting of when it was Wow. You must have been tired. Really, really tired, but I said, if I, I, if I, I have a gap, I want, I want make this uh, anthology. So I said, I convinced to my, all my crew to say, okay, I we are finished this movie, but in two weeks we're gonna make a short movie. So be prepared. I will call you. I will. <laughs> uh, How do they feel about that? You were convinced over time. They didn't yeah. get convinced over time. It was just let's go. <laughs> yeah. Then they must love you. Yeah. <laughs> well, what did you think of the finished film, uh, um, Satanic Hispanics? What I think? Yeah. What for entire movie? Yeah. What did you think of the finished film? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I it was a big surprise for me, uh, but. Obviously, I, I saw a couple of, of um, episodes before I shoot it. And I love it. As I told you, it's uh, different. It's a lot of... Um, I mean, you have a, a lot of options inside that anthology. If you like the comedy, horror comedy, you have a really good episode. If you have a mix, you have another good episode. I, I love it. I love it. I'm very proud to, to be part of that. Yeah, uh, I got to see it with my brother. They played it uh, briefly in the theater, but we got to see it, and it was—it's uh, a really—I'm a big fan of anthology films, and it, it was really fun because uh, yours is very weird and dark, as people probably would, would think. And then uh, there's a couple very, very funny ones, and then the wraparound by Mike Mendez all works. So, yeah, I, uh, I really recommend it to people. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a good movie. Where can people find that now? I don't think it's anywhere currently that yeah. I know of. Uh, I don't know. I, I get they, they are they are they have a Blu-ray now. Uh, they are promoting the Blu-ray, um, but I don't have it. If they are, if they, uh, <laughs> you just send you a copy, right? Yeah. Yeah, copy, please. <laughs> <I'm pretty laughs> you gotta hook him up here. Uh, Ashley once uh, she says, "Oh, you have Damien on." He's one of my favorite filmmakers. I've talked about Atrados on my podcast a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. That is uh, terrified. Thank you, my friend. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook user. Yeah, it was uh, Ashley. It's coming up Facebook user, but it's Ashley. Okay. Ashley whom? Ashley Turner. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. She does reviews sometimes on the website. She's very cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know yeah. you're talking about now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hi, Ashley. That's very good. And uh, where can people follow you to see what you're up to? Do you like them to go to the website? Yeah. They, or, they, uh, yeah. or any other social media? Uh, yeah, DemianRugna.com and my Instagram, DemianRugna, uh, my Twitter, DemianRugna. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they, they can follow me there. Um, and yeah, I just waited. So meanwhile, they are waiting for the, my next movie. Take, take a look at my previous movie. Yes, exactly. So do you have, I know you kind of talked about, you know, what you're going to do next. Do you have any, are you working on anything currently or? I'm working, yes, uh, for a big surprise for the next year. Um, I, yes, I've been working in two projects, but Ooh. one of them was to shoot here in Argentina. And the situation in Argentina is getting hard because we have a, a new president who is uh, is trying to kill everyone, everything and everyone here. Wow. Um, so I, I, I don't know if I can make that movie. But, mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, I'm I'm working for a movie for for a studio there in, in the states. Mm -hmm. I'm crossing finger because you know sometimes pandemic, um, earthquake or alien invasion can change the plans. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, I know both of us were really look forward to uh, new stuff from you, and I, I absolutely love When Evil Lurks, and I uh, recommend it to everybody. And it is nice uh, that it's people talk about it, and it seems more and more people are, are, are discovering it and telling other people to check it out. Thank you. Thank you for the support. And uh, thank you for talking about this movie and having me this good time. Yeah, and thank you for coming on. When you're the super duper superstar of horror, will you still come back and tell us about your movies? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Like, I don't know you. <laughs> no time. You'll have sunglasses on, no autographs, please. <laughs> that would yes, be wonderful. Come yeah. on, on, on that. All right, very good. Well, we hope to talk to you in the in the next year about your new projects. So. Absolutely, yes. Well, good luck with everything. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, uh, well, see you next year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, everyone was uh, happy to hear you. Dean says, hell yeah, great interview. Uh, Puppy Sloot, so great listening to Damien. Good luck this year on your project. Uh, this was also uh, Ashley. I'm so glad his film made it to U.S. theaters because it, Hispanic horror is such an unsung hero in the genre. Awesome. Uh, see you next year. You are the goat. Which, if you've seen the movie, might be a weird thing. But uh, Walter, <laughs> uh, Walter had a good time. So. Yeah, you got a, a whole bunch of people here just loving your stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's been wonderful to have you. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. it's been a, uh, honestly great time, great to have you on the show because we both loved when evil lurks, and we want people to check it out. And I know I'm going to love your other movies. I can't wait to get on your site and see all this <laughs> other stuff. It's exciting. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank I'm you, Damien. Bye, bye, bye. Good evening. 
There we go. Oh, like he knew what how to a lovely play. person. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I really like him. Yeah, and yeah, I, I really I, am because he's he seems like like I know his movie is amazing, of course, but just hearing him talk about his influences, I'm like, oh my god, I'm just when I when after Larry Fessenden. And we had our encounters with him. I'm like, I just slammed down all the Larry Fessenden content I could fit in my eyeballs that was available. Yeah, and cool. now this is my next, like, I'm just going to absorb everything as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched Terrified early today for the first time. and uh, I had not seen it before. And I heard great things about it. And it is great. And the sound is very scary. Did you uh, find it on the site or on another... It's on. I actually watch it. It's also on um, on Shutter on AMC. Nice, Plus. excellent. Very By the cool. way, the, uh, tonight's uh, guest. Um, you can watch Damien's um, Terrified and When Evil Lurks on Shutter. You can also watch Jen Wexler's The Ranger and Sacrifice That's... Game on Shutter. Ranger is cool and weird. Yeah, I just saw it for the first time, and it's real strange. Yeah, it it's a it's an it's a cool like contrast. Twists. Yeah, like, yeah. Really like what twists? Yeah, and it, it's a cool contrast of sort of an eighty slasher guy doing the one-liners, but then there's like you know the, the punks. I don't know. It's a good, it's a good um, mashup of some different yeah. genres. Yes. And uh, Ashley's also great. the host. Go on, sorry. She was great too. I mean, not. I don't want to just. Oh be no, like, of we course. We yeah. to like also talk about Jen. Lovely. What a wonderful story. I love her. Like. I feel like I can identify as a kid who was not, didn't like fit in with the normal child crowd. Right. And uh, people were not always super nice. Yeah. And just like that weird kid. And then seeing the weird kids in the movie, I'm like, all right, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I'm very it, happy for her. She it's very funny to me a lot of times because like today it's kind of. Like, I don't think nerd's really an insult. So it's kind of cool to be a nerd in a lot of ways, I think. And uh, in high high school, it's not like it was when I was a child in my life. Being a nerd is not okay still. It is not. Yeah, but but anyway, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the nerd culture that I liked uh, when I was a kid is, Mm is, is definitely seen differently today. Uh, weird yeah, horror movies, out of school, uh, uh, pro wrestling, and all these things. But, mm-hmm. um, oh, by the way, Ashley also hosts Three Haunted Podcast, which is oh, no. on the Without Your Head Network. Excellent. Which is, by the way, Three Haunted Podcast is the one that's really stuck with us, and I appreciate oh, that. Awesome. And I am going to be doing the Without Your Head Network 2.0 in the coming year, and that mm-hmm. is, uh, that is uh, going to be on there. Yes. Excellent. That's cool. All right. I feel really bad that I wasn't aware who Ashley was. So I'm sorry. That didn't mean to well, be. Well, like, it, it popped up as uh, Facebook. Really, but, but I was disoriented. And I'm very happy Ashley is here yeah. to be a part of the Without Your Head world. Yeah. No, she's very cool. And coming up, so I, I've been putting this together throughout the day. It's a busy day. There are 13 best horror movies of the year coming up. Yeah, January. It's going to be a loaded show. It's going to be yep. an epic show. It's going to be me, Terrible Troy, Annabelle Lecter, Justin Bernard Head, Alok Mirsha, the producer of 1BR, and together for the first time ever on the show, Diablo Joe <gasps> and Todd Yeager. Yes! It, and everyone's going to bring cheesecake. 
Oh, okay. I love it. Oh, Todd. Poor Todd. We'll get into that. We could talk about favorite movies, but I want to bring up my Todd. Yeah, my so this would be very fun. But that's exciting, and I've really got to start thinking about it. Time passes so fast. I'm in the tea calendar, and I'm like, fuck. I know. I'm drinking my tea right here. I I cannot drink nighttime tea, but I do have, I'm like, today was the toffee. I'm drinking tea and coffee. Yeah. You don't have, like, a, a time you need to be asleep by. No. So. Yeah, the Toth Man prophecies today, right? I feel yeah, like some flavor titles don't do me any favors. Cause I like put it in my head like toffee, toffee, toffee. Oh toffee, no, no. Toffee. Today was today was um what was today? I don't think it was that yesterday was Toth Man, I believe. Oh, well maybe today I mean, was uh, it's got cinnamon and it's got a bunch of stuff in it. It's almost like a child. Oh, you're right. Toth Man was yesterday and it tasted like soap. Because I think I had a soapy cup. And that really <laughs> fucking sucked. I'm sorry. That sucked. I was so disappointed. I'm like, yeah. this is not supposed to take like soap. I'm like, this is not supposed to taste like this at all. Hello, so, Jamie. Yeah, oh, Jamie was- joined the Twitch. Thank you, Jamie. Oh, sweet. Yes. Yeah. That was such a cute picture. I, really I will like- beat up the... He's just joking. I will. <gasps> I will beat you up. Puppy Sloop, please have him uh, back again, or else. Bullying. Yeah. bullying ended when Animal got physical. That is a true <laughs> thing. So yeah, it's so, gonna be a it's gonna be a packed show, which I think will be very fun. And I know for a fact that uh, Diablo Joe and Alok have um, have one movie that one of them really dislikes and the other one loves. So that'll be interesting. This is gonna be such a shit show. Of talking. <laughs> There's going to be, be so very many personalities in this space. It's going to be just like a brawl of people <laughs> talking over. <laughs> It'll be a blast. Everybody needs to be at this show. Yeah. It's going to be. And I, I want I, everyone I, at home to bring cheesecake as well. Cheesecake, man. Cheesecake. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy, holidays well. happy Yule. Today is the longest night and the shortest day earlier of this entire year that means that tomorrow the sun will be up for just a little bit longer fuck that hat damn it i'm gonna like have to cover you again i just can't i can't you gotta put up with it one day of the year it's distracting i have distractibility issues and so it's distracting so if you want me to look at you then okay but anything that i can just use like right now i just see me and my little name tag and Whoop, we could put up a little bit here there you go where now see it's it's about it's above camera it wasn't bad until you started like doing that <laughs> you know, I can't do that i i can't you two are the best this is my favorite show on the internet and the only oh, one awesome. i watch this long well thank you that's awesome thank you that's a massive compliment I really yeah puppy sloops a good girl like the puppy sloops. that's a weird comment that's a, no. She's oh, a she's oh, a good oh. egg. She's a good, good egg. Okay. No. I've good been using all. folks. I just use folks. I think yeah. folks. It's an. It's no one else really uses it. It's kind of old timey. Mm-hmm. Can encompass everyone. Or yeah. we could just use sausages. 
Thank you. I, I feel like I'm an all right egg. <laughs> I wonder what kind of egg we would be like of the eggs would be like, who's the egg? Oh. No, like different kinds of bird eggs. Like what would your bird be? Hmm. I've been making my eggs lately in the oven. Who cares about eggs? But Because uh, my stove <laughs> tells me the new knob. I do have my secret Satan here. Now, I can open it or I could save it for when we're oh. together and we can do it on video. If you Why like. don't you? Because I think it's fair for you to, because it is the season, right? Here we are at Yule. We're only a few days away from Christmas. There are many other holidays going on right now. There's a lot going on, but for us, we're doing the the christmas one for our our personal culture but you guys can enjoy it together with us i think you should do it now all right i don't really know i don't know my whole holiday things are very weird this year it's I like got a you. Of well, i have your secret satan upstairs okay along okay. with uh gifts from me i know i gave you a couple little things but there's uh, some other stuff troy has his he's gonna open it on the show I went out of my way to wrap it and give it to him yesterday. He's not Neil, here. I'm not counting on him being at this whole like. We just have to have to not say his name. This, he shall who shall not be named. And everyone else's secret Satan is out. Uh, hey. I know uh, Dave Dead, probably Dave Deadman, Cat Catonic, and um, John Rette, Johnny Cakes. Oh. You probably will be yours a little late because you folks are in the Canadas. But yes. uh, is out there, and everyone else should get theirs in time. Mm. So, this is exciting. I know who sent these in. I'll say these are handmade hatchets from Pepe Petite. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. So you opened them and gave them to yourself? Well, I have to. How else am I supposed to get something? You draw at random for yeah, yourself. Yeah, I do. But I know. Oh, but after okay. I see them, I know who made them. No, that's not what I meant. I meant, did you just be like, wow, I've seen all the presents and now I choose the one I want? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what I probably would. Uh, this awesome. nothing against Pepe Potit, but I, there were some pretty amazing presents that I probably would have taken if I did. Interesting. But those are awesome, and I love them, and I think it's super cool that he made them. Yes. How did he make them? Did he, like... Yeah, they're made out of, like, wood. They're not real metal. No, no, no. Yeah, he painted them. He he cut them out. So uh, there was a... There's a... There were several handmade gifts of... of, I won't say of what, what they were, but arts of different kinds, so... Yeah, I was a big art failure this year, but yeah. Sorry, my folks. We'll find other ways for me to get you. This makes makes me think of uh, Michael St. Michael's story. So he oh, pumpkin chunker. Yeah, he he was telling us he's a pumpkin chunker. Oh my god, that was so amazing! And so they'd have two uh, like an assembly line of pumpkins coming down, and his job was to cut the the stems off the pumpkins as they came. This is Michael St. Michael's, the Greasy Strangler, who uh, we were together for Once in Future Smash slash um, Endzone 2. And it was just like a bunch of people hanging out. And there we were at like this brewery outside. And Michael's just, 
he's the oldest of the bunch and he's just telling his life stories and that was one of them and I'm yeah like, we're like didn't you have a did you ever have a job that's just normal and he's like yeah a pumpkin chucker chunker a chunker pumpkin chunker and a broccoli forker <laughs> you're like what in the hell are you talking about michael <laughs> he, I think it was me, you, and AJ were just like dying laughing. <laughs> yeah. AJ was especially tickled. Uh -huh. It was great. Oh, yeah. what a guy. Speaking Stop. of the Once in Futurist match at End Zone 2, um, go and sign up now at the Kickstarter. The uh, URLs and Kickstarter, you guys really need to get a handle on this. So don't bother look. I'm not giving up the URL. What you do oh. is uh, look up. The Once in Future Smash on Kickstarter. I'll link to it in the description. Sign up. It's not live yet, but you can sign up now. I believe we got over 50 people already signed up. Sign up because we have the Kickstarter to make the Blu-rays, the double edition Blu-rays, hopefully limited edition VHS tapes of the Once in Future Smash and End Zone 2. The first ever without your head produced features. Dang. I put Pretty in the link in the comment here. If you, I don't know if you want to pop that up on the screen, but I did Let put it in. Do it up. It is a very long name. Yes. But, but you get it. You see, you see what's happening. Right. By the way, earlier someone like complimented my makeup, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, that was a puppy salute. Was it? Oh, thank you. That was very kind. She's uh, chatting from from various locations, just like Jamie uh, Hill. I like I like this. Yeah. Pop like around. It. You never know where they're gonna be at. <laughs> so yeah, top ten. I feel like um, top thirteen people out there who want to top thirteen. Jesus, that's even harder. People out there, if you want to contribute your ideas, like that you want to, not like ideas to give us, um, but just to contribute your, your own votes. What do you think were the top movies of this past year? Yeah, what then you could bring to you. Right, you could yell us, what are you dipshits putting that movie on your list for? Or what are you dumbasses? Why didn't you have so-and-so on the list? Is that what they're going to tell Horror us? Or frauds! Yeah, that's frogs. what they're gonna yell at us. Uh, well, that's okay. They're entitled to their opinion, as we are to ours. And if they want to call us frauds, they'll be wrong. But they can do it. I mean, kind of. Because the imposter syndrome. Once in a while, I'm getting better with it, though. I'll jump your pumpkin. Well, hit me up Who after the show. Person? Who is this? I last week I thought it was Dobbs. <laughs> But it's a fake Dobbs. They were impersonating Dobbs. It was not Dobbs. Dean is here as himself. I believe this is Jonathan Jackson impersonating Dobbs. <laughs> Jonathan now Jackson. I could be someone else impersonating Jonathan Jackson impersonating Dobbs, but I don't know. Now there's someone else who just chimed in. Who? What is Dusty going on here? Oh, man. Dusty! Dustin! We haven't seen Dustin in years! Wait, Dustin from where? Yeah! Shirt Dustin? Yeah, Dustin! Oh my god, Dustin! Nice to have Dustin, you! Dustin! Dustin! Yes. Wow. Dustin checked Amazing. in! Cool! That's very exciting! Yes! 
He's like, you guys you finally doing? are getting with the times. You're I've on uh, the Twitch. I've been about Twitch for like two years, like since I came back to the show. I'm like, no, we got to stick with MySpace. Yeah, My basically. the future. You're like doing everything else. I'm like, Neil, Twitch, it's got all these features and stuff. And it's like the most liberal of everything. And you're just like, ignore me. Sounds like a similar story to some of the things you experience being ignored when you know what's going on but <laughs> i'm like i'm too busy live streaming to my grinder <laughs> are you still doing um what is that one where people can pay you like five bucks to do like a videogram uh cameo yeah i'm on cameo and cameo screwed me because i was actually getting work on cameo saying i endorsed you know products i never heard of but i what the <laughs> hell i don't care paying me money and then they were, then they went and they said, no, you can no longer take $15 or 20 bucks, $30. It was 30. You can no longer take $30 to endorse products. Now you have to take $300, which that's that people out there like, oh yeah, that's great. Now you're going to make 300 bucks. No, what that, what happens then? No one gives me $300 to endorse their product. So now I get nothing. So you just set up your own um you can't separate no not on cameo not on not on cameo quick like advertise something here like go right. to well you could you can still you can actually still get if you're not if you're not a business so if you're a regular folk you can get my cameo for only 13 bucks and you can get it as this guy nasty neil you can get it as the internet icon, the pride of the pilgrims, the most honest man in all of podcasting, handsome Jackie Jones, or you can get it as backwards Bob. You can get any three faces of Neil. <laughs> three faces of Neil. The three faces of Neil. Neil has many faces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's more out there, but there they're, are many. they're all they're all hidden. Like your one with a weird mask. You're like Leatherman outfit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the way that mask is. There's this mask, so it's pretty. See, pretty that's frightening. Cool. I like that. I just have it on hand at all times. I feel like you could take a whole bunch of pictures and you could make money not through Cameo. But, anyways, Cameo, find Neil. He'll make you some right. video just for you. Exactly. And right. Neil's a ham, so you could probably ask him to do many, many things. And he will oblige. Yeah, we can do a special Christmas one with wearing this hat. Exactly, exactly. It'll be sad I put this hat away. I like year. the hat. I do like the hat, but when it's everywhere and I'm trying to listen to someone, I'm <laughs> I, last year I actually wore it to the to the post office and or I actually wore it on my walk and it, it going through doors is bad, but it actually also came off twice on my walk because it got it tangled up in trees and just totally <laughs> came up and it did. So this year I did not wear it on the walk outside. Oh my god. I would laugh. Oh, there's Pepe right now. Pepe, I don't know if you were here and you'll open the gift of your hatchets. And they're super cool. And we've all been enjoying them. Yeah, ah, well, play is basically on time. Because it just happened. So, what were we talking about? We were talking about 13, top 13. People, please go wherever and share your, your own top 13s or even just one you don't have to come up with a list if you don't want to just yeah I'll, i do I, I do have i did make a, a post about your favorite uh horror films of the year 
And I did it as as you were saying. So I also did it as a cheat sheet in case people said stuff that I didn't know about. I'm like, I got to go check that out. Yeah. Well, I don't try to avoid your trickery anymore, Neil. I just roll with it. I don't, I don't know. It's there. I'll I'll I'll, I'll uh, pump it, bump it up, as the kids say. Well, that's not what they say at all. But we'll bump we'll bump it later. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Someone posted this, and I so I shared it because I thought it was so funny. It was this uh, picture of a movie called Santa Santa Stein Santa Stein Stein like Frankenstein. Like Frankenstein. And I was like, oh, that sounds funny. But it's actually a new movie, so it's actually out right now. It's oh. on um, Screenbox. Really? I want to at least see an image of this. Yeah, let me grab it. Santa thing. Oh, well. Santa baby. I don't like the poster art thing. The first thing that comes up on Google, I'm not excited about. No, I mean, honestly, the poster uh, is not that great, but uh, I just assumed it was. Oh, wait. Is, this isn't Santa Steen, is it? <gasps> no, it can't be. This has got to be an unrelated thing. But the unrelated thing looks awesome. And I'm going to send you the picture of the totally unrelated thing. Give me a second here. Let me get into the place. You are going to lose it with love. You will. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Now, this is what I want to see. Oh, man. All right. So, in 2000, there is a short, three-minute-long short called Santa Goes South. In a desolate castle in the South Pole lurks Santa Steen, keeper of an industrial shop of horrors. Animation and live action producer Peter Wallach brings this demented and sexually repressed Santa to life using both humor and horror. Now that's what I want to see. Hell yeah. So now I don't know. I'm sorry, other Santa Other Santa Steen, I apologize. You could be amazing. Um... But this one won me over. Yeah, Maybe it's also I don't rough. like shit on Santa Steen. I know nothing about. Yeah. So, oh, Seems I there's okay. like there's like uh, you used to be there was there was always a lot. Used to be like there's twelve Christmas horror movies. Now there seems like there's twenty new ones every year. So there's like there's like capitalize on it because you're not the I'm, only. I'm all I'm all about it, but I feel yeah. like I used to know them oh, all no. by heart. Now I'm like I need to catch up on all these. Yeah, it's kind of overwhelming, really. But it's good because the more we have, the more I can pick and choose the things I like. Because I don't like all of the horror, the past horror uh, Christmas stuff. But you know that Sandestine short looks sweet. Yeah, I would check that out. Did you share it with um, our, people yet? I shared it, yeah. It was a, Did you? Todd I was Yeager, looking at other stuff. All right. Todd Yeager's uh, reviewed a few of them. Uh, this oh, uh, look at that thing. It's so cool. I love it. Yeah, I want to know what happens next. Is is that a, like an explosion or a bike tire? Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Is that I, I was thinking it's like an old cartoon, like, you know, he's letting up the dynamite. I thought that too, but when you say he's sexually repressed, what's happening? What is that? Oh, damn. I don't know. I'm going to have to take some notes when I'm watching. <laughs> but yeah, a couple of, a couple of uh, new reviews by Todd Yeager. He did a double header, a double feature. 
Yeah. Uh, Nightmare on 34th Street. And um, Santa, Santa does not exist in Iceland Christmas, which uh, got, got, is getting some talk about around the towns here. Yeah. Well, it's only one real talk. Right. Yeah. What, okay. So basically, someone, someone finally. I don't know if it's happened before. Has he ever had like a slam before? No, Todd's super nice. I watch. I watch the. I watch all of them, but. He did not love the movie, but he was not mean about it. Well, he was pretty direct about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, one of the directors took it. But he was like, this movie sucks. (laughs) Like, it's so so funny, his expression of how much he doesn't like the movie. It's very funny. And I can understand, as a creator, that is not a nice feeling to have someone trash sure. stuff like right. if i made i actually did have my art somewhere once i was trying to to be a better artist and have stuff up and i was in there i'd hung my stuff and i was like just getting a like wow i feel really good about this and these two dudes were like they're really sh- ripping the shit out of what i'd made and i think they knew that i was the person that made it but i'm not sure either way i was like that sucks like this is this is my stuff. This is this is me. So it's painful, and at the same time, not everybody's gonna like your stuff. Right. The world can't just be like kissing your butt all the time because of your effort. Like, right. You know. But go support Todd Yeager. His videos are insane. They're great. Yeah. Your own short films. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot of effort goes into these. They're very fun. I really enjoyed them. Uh, Pepe, by the way, handmade and hand painted. I was going to paint blood on the edges, but decided against it because it would have been hard for it to take to the silver paint. I'll I'll add my own blood the hard way. There you go. Look, Pepe's looking on the bright side. Maybe they were just jealous of your artistic abilities. See. Can I read it out loud? What the the response is? Sure, I sure. Kind of funny. I like, I agree. Though I didn't understand the one part, but yeah. Transcript. I don't want the transcript. Oh, here we go. All right. So Todd did have this for I slay on Christmas. It's a very, very direct about his dislike and in detail of scenes and humans and he's he really really does say what he wants to say about it it's very funny and this person marcelo gustavo fabani if i said that right keep in mind dear friend that we filmmakers are doers and you are just a contemplator there are no hard feelings with your right to criticize although you have placed more emphasis on your own divinity than in the review. As you claim the right to make recommendations to us, I do too, and I recommend that you delve deeper into reading and cinema to acquire at least a slight idea of the various cinematographic languages that shape the stories that are told. Big hug, very funny, your review, but bordering on disrespect with rude irony. Dude, I don't have to watch the movie. I saw screenshots. There's no very cinematographic languages that are going to, that 
it, it doesn't apply. <laughs> I feel bad saying that, but I what I saw very much evidence that this is not a, an art. Project. The cinematographic <laughs> language of boobs. <laughs> and he is really mean about the boobs. Uh -huh. He is. Uh -huh. He is pretty mean about that. Ah! I don't believe it. Boom! Fucking shit! How we do it? <laughs> I opened my secret. Good. I've been so sad about you not being here. Oh my goodness! Belief, like Santa. I'm like, I don't know if I no, believe it's... in Troy anymore. It's I been chopped him up. Been a crazy. This is my year of last at the really? school because I'm retiring in oh. February. So, yep. Whoa, so this Troy. was our last uh, nutcracker. Wow. wow. That's huge. Purple beard, magenta wild. beard. Like, how many years have been doing this job? Yeah, I think this... 37 years. Damn. Been a long dude. time. Wow. And Elena's been doing the nutcracker for, I think, 15 years. So that was 15 wow. years doing that. So that... That was kind of the end of an era there. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's got to be... Uh, what are you, oh, yeah. Nice. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Got a card on there as well. Dave Deadman is saying... Yeah, should I do the card first? Boy. Yeah, do the card first. I actually put a little extra in everyone's card. I don't know if you All heard right. me that. Dave Deadman is here and says hello. Oh. All right. He says, terrible Troy. Oh, shit. Oh, hello, Dave Deadman. Very good. Dustin That's what most people around, say. Working around. All right. We've got the card. Oh. There's something in it. we got so a gnome. Definitely a me card right there. Like gnome the for the holidays. Oh. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Satan wishes me happy holidays. So <laughs> he's good. No, okay. Oh, there we go. Oh, I got it. Yes, Satan. This is pretty badass. I think we have some stickers. Ooh. Look at that. That's, I'm loving um, that. That is totally cool. The little creep show action. Yeah, pet cemetery. I see Gage in the background. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. But I see Gage in the background. In Pascal in the front. Very nice. Yep, yep. And I think uh, maybe even the cat there in the corner, I think. Mm. Oh. The second sticker. Oh. All right. Should I just tear into this? Are we doing it in yeah. order? Or no, I, I don't mean, want to go out of turn. Okay. We are very out of turn because I don't have one. Yours. Oh, okay. I, I don't have one yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. It's a cool box. I'm digging it. I couldn't find and black Christmas paper this year. I was kind of surprised anyone even sold it oh. to begin with. But... <laughs> Got a very happy box right there. Oh, my. That is all that it is. It's just a brown box. That is. Uh, there's no way to open it. It's perfect. I love it. I'll keep this box forever. I may not be able to open it. <laughs> you can right. chew it open. 
I am. That's <laughs> giving it to the cats. They will find a way. All right. I have wrapping paper. I have box, and now I have styrofoam box. Ooh. And something dwells within the styrofoam. You guys will be seeing it the same time as me. Ooh. Ooh. What is that? Oh my lord. Oh, I think it I think it's, it's Jack. It's Jack. That's amazing. He's coming in. Jack and so Thorne? he's a little squished. I'm thinking you could put him in a door, maybe. He's a he's a book in. Oh, a book in. Oh, that's tremendous. Oh, that one, it's got great detail. I don't know if I can cut I can see it enough strong. to know that it's pretty awesome. I wonder why yeah. it's so like I'm trying super to... bright. But it's that's oh, wow. Ooh. Oh yeah. That Sweet. is so cool. Yeah, that's... the teeth are perfect on it. Mm -hmm. It looks so menacing. Wow. All right, I love it. I know well, who sent it. I don't know if I should say or uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe you should. We'll let them. We'll it. let them say if if yeah. when they okay do. if they want to. All right. Thank you. This is awesome. awesome. Nice. Uh, Satan. Too, so it's Satan's good. a good man. Yeah. Satan's always good. Do you want to so, share yours, Neil? Oh yeah. So I had uh, handmade hatchets. Whoa. Well, I'm liking that. Painted you can slice and dice with those. Pepe Petit made them. He's in the chat. So I mentioned oh, the person nice. who sent yours is not in the chat. I'll say that. So, okay. oh, as far as I know. He's in the chat? No, I meant uh, the person who sent Troy's. Oh. The secret wow. Satan for Troy. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Nice beard, Troy. Oh, thank you. We went yeah. uh, very festive. Got yes, the sparkly nice. Santa lid. I love it. Yeah. The kids all dug that. I told them I just stopped dyeing it. This is the natural color. <laughs> <laughs> they bought it. I'm only around so, like kindergarten up to second grade now, so they don't know any better. <laughs> oh yeah, that's weird. That does it's a whole school just K through two. I'm in a puppy mill, you know, it's it's a way. <laughs> you weren't here because but so our 13 show coming up for the our favorite 13 horror films of the year It'll be coming up in, I don't know soon awesome in January it'll be me Annabelle you of course Justin Bernard head our official list man Alok Mirsha, the the producer of 1BR and for the first time ever together Diablo Joe and Todd Yeager Oh, awesome. Oh, this is going to be It's going to be a loaded show. Yeah. I'm liking it. Fun. I'm really excited for you to meet Joe. I don't think you have, Troy. No. I no, know. I haven't. I haven't no, talked to either one of them. So. You are very, I think you are in the same age range and have very similar art interests with comic books. Oh, okay. And he's like a big um, wizards. Like that's kind of like the Wizards movie. Oh, okay. Art. Like Ralph Bakshi kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think you're going to really vibe. Pe Pepe said they have pinholes so you can pin them hello, together. Cat? Oh, yes. This is Warlock. Oh, he says hello. Hello, Warlock. Oh. 
He's Adam Warlock because he has the soul gem. Okay. His previous cat, Troy had for many years, and it, and not very often are animals afraid of me, but I never once touched it in my life. But his new cats are very friendly. Yeah, they're pretty lovable. And evil. Well, they like to draw blood. That's their favorite thing. Whoa. Cats are feisty. Yeah. Well, they're around three dogs that are much bigger than them, so they have to be tough. <laughs> That's true. Although Gandalf is way more laid back. Uh, Warlock's more of our fighter. Mm. That fits. Gandalf's more of our ladies' man. He'll just go up to, <laughs> to Meg's and try to put the boobs on her. <laughs> Meg's the dog, for those who don't know. Yep. Meg's is one of the... Is Shiba Inus, right? Yep. Yeah, oh my god, they're the cutest dogs. Oh yeah, they're, they're crazy too. All the critters are crazy. All my children have leg, four legs and tails. But, um, I didn't, I'm also not wearing a cool hat, uh, hat but that's oh. a pretty sweet shirt on too. You got me beat, I just I got blue on. Krampus. Yeah. But you have a beard and that is quite an investment so yeah that's true you beat us out with this that one. oh Troy i think the, the brand was to be real oh hmm. no i think you're back have i frozen in time you're all good right. now yes all right the kind i used like a couple weeks ago it was a moose called Splat, and it barely came out oh. at all. You couldn't see anything. Mm. And this stuff was bright and vibrant. Mm. Comes in like I'm a paint a... tube. It's kind of neat. Hmm. I'm a, still I'm a manic panic person for the most part. I, I go with the old original manic panic. Oh, Better okay. than Kool-Aid. I'm not so original that I use Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid, no. <laughs> Kool-Aid Kool tastes great. Kool Wish I had some. Can't wait. I would actually not mind Kool-Aid right now. I was seeing that soda and I'm like, hmm, that soda is looking pretty nice. I'm not usually a soda person, but some I stopped using it. just for men, so this is my natural uh, color. Oh. I thought it'd be much more gray, but I've been using it for a couple months. It looks pretty good, I think. But what does come in super gray are my sideburns, so I just shaved them off. Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> okay to be gray, Mr. Jones. No play for Mr. Gray. <laughs> Your beard is weird. Your stash <laughs> is trash. There's no play for Mr. Gray. Yeah, that's the that's the old uh, Just for Men ads, if you were wondering. Is it seriously? Yeah. Yo, get yeah. out. They get these goofy old like sports guys and they'd come on and go, Dude, your stash is trash. Your beard <laughs> is weird. <laughs> no play for Mr. Gray. Yep. And then who was it? What's the <laughs> regrow your hair shit? Oh, uh, Rice Rogaine. Yeah. 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 No, no. Uh, after after the hair club. Oh. But the, Carl Malone used to be like their spokesman, and then oh. they just get some goof coming Air up to club for men, right? I, no, that was the Rogaine stuff. It is. And then, oh, yeah, just some guy would come up and be like, Mailman, you grew a hair. 
And I don't think it was true. There was like a. I think that's what they used. I think that's what they used. Can of paint. Mm -hmm. It was a hot deal. Yeah, it had little speckles in it and stuff. It was, yeah, some good looking stuff. No one will ever know. (laughs) You just spackled your bald spot. That looks great, man. (laughs) Looks so natural. The natural sheen. Yep. Well, like, what's the one with, um, Oh man, the hair looming uh, from Amazon that? women on the moon. Yeah, exactly. I knew where you were going. <laughs> yep. That's a great segment in that one too, because it's uh oh my god, the hell's a guy. Joe Pantaleone, isn't it? Exactly. Yep. And they like just staple patches of like carpet onto his head and look <laughs> awesome. It's one of my favorite movies. I reference it often. That is a great one. I need to. I haven't seen it since I was really young, so I barely remember it. I ended up being or not. (laughs) I ended up now. I feel like it's in the same vein as Kentucky Fried Movie. Am I right? It is. It is. Okay. All right. I remember Kentucky Fried Movie. Yeah. uh, The the Son of the Invisible Man is fantastic. That's yeah. That could be my favorite thing in it. Donnie No Soul Simmons is. Yeah, Donnie No. Tie yellow ribbon <laughs> around the old oak tree. It's been yeah, Donnie Nolso Simmons. You can't really make that joke anymore, I guess. Maybe no, there's no, a I lot of jokes in these movies that are probably uber yeah. tasteless now. But the bullshit or not, and it's like <laughs> it's like a parody of unsolved mysteries. Or yeah. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah. Ripley, yeah. Ripley's Believe It. And he's like, some, you know, for, you know, centuries, people have wondered who, you know, the um, Jack the Ripper's true identity was. And we believe we have discovered who it is. And uh, Jack the Ripper was, in fact, the Loch Ness Monster. And then they cut to reenactment. And it's Loch Ness monster going down like a going down a back alley with like this big trench. It's coat got on. a forty foot long trench coat. It's yeah. just classic, and a giant hat. Like, man. Oh, oh, man. I'll have to go back and rewatch so that movie now. Yeah, I could watch it over and over. Oh. It's the best. Troy might want these as a present. Neil, did you see my post about these really old comics I have? No. It's. Are they near me? No, they're in the other room. I'm gonna bring them. I want to. I don't want to forget it. This could be a Troy Christmas present. Oh, be right back. So, how were the guests? They had nasty one. Oh, they were amazing. So, we had Jen Wexler on, uh, who made the Ranger and Sacrifice Game Sack. Well, actually, both of them are on, um. You can watch both of them now on uh, Shutter. I know the other one had had his movie on Shutter, right? Yeah, Damien Rugna, who made Terrified, and he also made uh, the new movie Where Evil Lurks. Both of them are great. So uh, check those out. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. Back. Trying to find. Oh, I found it. Please forget to turn off my microphone. Okay. Just here, right. falling. Now there's the no, no pressure to take them, Uh-oh. but you might be interested. They're quite old. One of them is 
Someone gave this to me, and I don't know why. It was this this person just used to like it was a Facebook person, and they just send me these odd things. Hmm. Maybe these most random things. Like one time it was like old opera glasses. One time that's kind of nifty, though. I like those are cool. Those are cool, but then there's like Native American jewelry, but also like a used poncho and like just this like earbuds that might have also been used. But I also got a really amazing coat I still wear. Hmm. It's just all this weird. Actually, I have a suitcase. They they sent me a bunch of stuff in a Jaguar suitcase, like the car company. It's very strange, and I appreciate if you're out there watching this. I appreciate all your efforts, and I'm going to give these things away. So, here is a very... Oh, my God. I never looked at the back of this before. (laughs) There's something... uh, I like the cover on that one. This is super... This is like 1977. It's like... Nice. Perfect. And uh, very funny. Like, even the first... Well, like, some of those would have some cool Juan Bode stuff in it. And... Look at that. Oh, nice. Right? That's oh, just that's some bad. of the art. It's like, it's pretty sweet. Hmm. Oh, wait. Did someone cut out? Someone cut out like, wow. There's like send away things in the back. <laughs> so you sent away my old them. like famous monsters were like that, where I would have sent away for like the... Uh, the life-size Frankenstein. Uh, Someone sent away for the subscription to National Lampoon. <laughs> you oh, can get the great. free National Lampoon 1964 high school yearbook parody with every subscription, and then it's. But this is, I mean, it's the art is super like. There's yeah, stuff back in the seventies, they did some great stuff. Yeah, uh, so Von Bode would do some stuff, you know, at the time. Uh, so if they have any Cheech Wizard stuff in there, that's always the best. This is what nice. I saw on the back when I picked it up. I didn't see that when I looked at it before. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> all right, so there's that. And then there are also, oh, right, there are. Huge fan of Heavy Metal Mag. Yep. There's four of these. Oh, that's so, so weird because I have many, but I all oh, ranks are rocks. That's Liberatore, one of my favorite Italian cartoonists. So if what, you are Uber violent android, ranks are rocks, one awesome. of my heroes. If you are, oh, absolutely, I will. Yeah, I'll pass these along through. You know, here's the Troy Christmas present. Oh, that is too cool. That is awesome. too perfect. Awesome, cool. I'm happy. I'm happy. I was like posted on Facebook, like maybe someone will buy it, and I'm like, realistically. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to buy it, and I got it for free, yeah, so I'd yeah. rather pa- just pass it along to someone I know who will Oh, you it. will bring me great joy, because <laughs> one of my all-time favorite things were both of those magazines during awesome. the 70s and into the 80s. I mean, Heavy Metal, I, I found so many of my favorite uh, cartoonists and stuff from there, like yeah, a lot of Rich Corbin, a lot of... Uh, Bernie Wrightson, you know, um, Liberatore. One of the cool things about him with Ranks Rocks did all his work in marker. Really? Just like no pencil, just boom. Give me a sheet of paper, give me a marker, boom. I'd look at that shit, superhuman, just like what? That can't be done. That's amazing. Uh, Yep. He's still kicking around. He's an amazing guy. 
If he spoke English, it would be a pretty neat guess. Oh, nice. But my Italian's a little rusty, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was just saying, maybe we can get some, maybe we've got an, an audience member who speaks Italian that we can have as <clears throat> our translator. We get a bilingual. And they can translate and they'll start saying things like vermicelli. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll just lie to them. They'll be like, you know, yeah, just put on like a bad, like Italian accent. Yeah. He uh, says uh, that he wants to know uh, how you came up with the idea. <laughs> Vic Schiavone can help out. That's yeah. it. Or we could get, um. oh, who's, who's the guy that just does that bad, like, Mario voice in every movie he's in now? Um, I don't Australian know. Australian guy that. that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Goodman. Yeah, he played, uh, he played Zeus or what? Yeah, he's like, hey, it's a me, it's a Zeusy. Hey, that was so bad. He was uh in the in the final exorcism or whatever that movie was called, really? The Last Exorcist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, what is he that? was in the Gladiator? This is a big movie. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Yeah. We yeah. can get Russell Crowe oh, and he'll do Lord. like a pigeon Italian like thing. <laughs> like, hey, a pasta fazul. Hey. <laughs> I can make these jokes because I am half Italian. Okay, so yes, I can. Laugh spicy meatball. So if you I stop laughing. I would stop. I appreciate you allowing me to to enjoy your culture. <laughs> so I, this is very exciting. I saw Godzilla minus one is getting a black and white version in Japanese. Oh, get out! Cool. That's They're awesome. so excited. The filmmakers are like so can you uh, pumped that people actually give a crap about yeah. the Japanese one. And it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> like, of course. It's I, great. I, I honestly, uh, it's my favorite. Uh, God, I'm no brain. I'm not the biggest Godzilla fan, but I thought this was the best one. I genuinely love the movie. I thought it was great. Troy, have you seen so this movie? I haven't seen it yet, but Whoa. I was so happy to see that um that it was subtitled because I, I saw it was yeah. playing at the AMC and the new Studio Ghibli um oh my god, I can't think of the title of it. You could my see it either way. The boy Huron and, and the heron or something, yeah. Oh. And you oh. could see it either yeah. subtitled or dubbed, but they give you the option at least, which is nice. Gotta block Neil again. Neil's attention seeking right now. Uh oh. Neil's I didn't need to. I actually went down to pick up my things yeah. and then I noticed it was in the camera. Yeah. So I had to play a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. I can't quite do that. I've got to manually bebop mine. Uh, <clears throat> so I saw this was interesting. Uh, Sam, I forget how you say it, Sam, but Sam, I know Sam Quilania from Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival. In his new movie, Lake Effect, it's uh, free on YouTube. It's a feature oh, cool. film. People could check that out. Lake Effect. People are starting to do that. I think it's, you know, the idea is you put the ad sale, the uh, ads on it. I don't know. But anyway, people should support that independent oh, uh, film. You, you definitely have to look up Lake Effect horror movie. Lake right. Effect. Yeah, other things come up. Or Lake Effect 2023. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I would like to watch it. There's a lot of great stuff out there. What have you seen, Troy? It sounds like you've got a lot going on lately with all the winding down of your, of your 
career, right? I mean, I know, really. I know. It was the final Christmas party last night. Wow. Um, just a lot of a lot of weird final things going on. Yeah. So. How are other people handling this? They're kind of sad for the most part. Um, you have enemies at school? <laughs> no, no, but some people that <laughs> like love as much as we we did at the wing. Back at the wing school, everyone was a big, giant, happy, dysfunctional family. It was great. Yeah. Forest Hills got a different vibe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hear that. Well, I one of the it. things Troy might be doing is uh, <clears throat> getting a uh, 3D printer. Oh, I've been looking into stuff. it. That'd be amazing. I know you're a yeah. miniatures guy, so yeah. well, that's what kind of like, led oh, me down. This yeah. was I was looking for a um. I I saw someplace had uh, Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum in mm -hmm. like thirty millimeter scale, and I was like, oh my god, I must have this thing. Mm -hmm. And it was 400 bucks. And I was like, mm, oh. maybe I'm going to look and see if I can find the specs and I can make it out of balsa wood. It'll take a little while, but, you know. And so as I was looking up the specs, um, I saw this one place that had the same, almost identical model. And they're like, yeah, for five bucks, you can use your 3D printer and download it. And I'm like, oh. got to find out how much a 3D printer is then. And so mm -hmm. then I went down that rabbit hole and so that's that's my near future purchase and then uh, i started looking into all the different things you could do with that and he, 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 gonna be exciting. yeah it's crazy you're gonna have your place is gonna be full of things oh, you're gonna yeah. have to sell things because i can't even imagine you being retired and just 3d printing all oh, there's just like i'll do Wait, I'll print this amazing thing now, and I'll paint it when I have a chance. Yep, into, yep. Into yeah, it'll file, be all lined up. File. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah, but That's I'm usually pretty good. I kind of promise myself, like, I'll finish one thing before I buy the next thing, because yeah. otherwise you have, like, 42 uh, armies or, yeah, yep. Or, in my case, like, Blood Bowl teams, I would do that, mm -hmm. get a bunch of them, and, like, no, I've got to paint one before I get another one. You're good. You're good. I I'm try. not good at the finishing stuff. <laughs> I go in nope. strong. Oh, yeah, because you <laughs> find the ones that you really want. You're like, oh, this guy's amazing. I've got to paint that guy, and then I'll get around to the rest of them. Uh, maybe, but look at this. Now we're moving on to the next thing, you know, and that's kind of me too. So that's why I make sure not to do that. It's good self-control. Uh, I, I thank Burgess for that one. She's like, ah. uh, it's the old Cat Stevens song, you know, hmm. looking for a hard-headed woman. And ah. <laughs> so she keeps me on the path. Otherwise, yeah, it'd be all over the I'm place. You just be rolling around. Even more random than I am. <laughs> well, so I'll yeah, be like uh, Lord of the Flies at uh, oh, and where I am, you know. I'd be running That's around so naked with the that cat book. And dog. I just uh, the Lord of the Flies. I just um, I found that book Whoa. at my uh, relative's house that I let them borrow, and I'm like, I need to read that again. Literally, like two days ago. 
Oh, that's awesome. I started yeah. reading oh, uh, like Psycho. Like that's an old friend. Yeah. Oh, that's great too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never. Uh, well, listen, to the audiobook, but the the the, the, <laughs> the King family is stands behind uh, audiobooks the same as reading books. So that's mm-hmm. good for me. But yeah, um, I it's odd because I love the movie so much I never read the book. Mm. And um, it's actually a lot more graphic than the movie. Yes. Is it the shower scene instead of a shower scene? It's a it's a beheading. Pretty. It's a pretty uh pretty rough Ooh. book so far. So. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin, uh, suggested it, so I started reading it. Robin on the Facebooks. Uh, yes, that's Robin Anderson, I believe. Yes. Yes. Um, Buddy Cooper will be returning to the show next week. Buddy Cooper, Buddy Cooper, I know this name. Tell me more. So, I've told this story before on the show years ago. We had Buddy Cooper on his first ever uh podcast interview, is leading to his first ever convention appearance. The director of The Mutilator from 1981. And yeah. uh, so he sent me a copy because at that time you couldn't you couldn't find it anywhere. Sent me a copy, I watched it. We did the interview. He was a really fun guest. And then uh, uh, later the, it was the next week. He calls me up and he's like, "Hey Neil, uh, could you send that back? It's actually the only uncut copy in, of the movie." And I was like, "Holy shit! Probably should have made a copy of this." And so I sent it back, and then. Years later, I believe Arrow put out the special edition. And if it wasn't for me sending it back, like there would be no special edition. But anyway, years later, 50 years later, exactly 40, 40 something years later, he has made the sequel. Ah, very cool. Yeah, he's gonna come on the show to talk about uh mutilator 2 and the journey from mutilator to mutilator 2 40 years later it's gonna be very fair it's gonna be very fun yeah that's exciting that'll be really oh, a yeah. really cool that'll show yeah and he he's gonna be on vacation mm-hmm. but he is making time to do the interview so it's very cool really yeah. is he gonna and be in some cool location like he's in see- colorado he's oh like, well, i think he's, I I think he's skiing like oh well, I think he's uh, he's skiing in Colorado. Yeah, you can't ski in New England right now. Everything's destroyed by the storm. Mm. Alas, I'm not so a skier, like, so it doesn't really have any impact. On me, right. But, yeah. Last time he was on, it was, uh, um, you know, it was, we were just audio. So this will be the first time he's on the uh, very cool video show, and it was like. I don't think it was our first year, but it was probably 2007 when he was on. So it was a long time ago. Was it? That's a very long time. That's the mu- if you've never seen the yeah, mutilator, super super nice guy. Yeah, super. I love. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's never seen it, but the, there's a great end scene in the mutilator. Mm. Oh, oh yeah. is it that yeah. cute? Did he? Was he here last? Oh, week? I love it. Yeah, yeah. He's this awesome little dude. I just, I accidentally found him on Etsy and I looked at him for like a year and then I decided he's mine. He's so cute. Oh, yeah. Or she, or they. All of them. That's my 
It's my decoration. I just brought. I think that's a gnome it. slayer. I think. He's. I think like I think that thing would hunt down uh, gnomes. Yes. Just I can collect, see that. Like, gnome heads. Yep. Or smurf Damn. heads, something like that. Awesome. Just because it's got that look in its eye. Yeah, it's very fierce. It. Yes. It's the placement of the eyebrows and stuff. Just something, <laughs> something's telling me. I'm getting vibes from that thing. Here's well, the old one. By sword, by pick, by axe, bye bye. That's amazing. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's a great poster. And this is the new poster of the mutilator. Oh, it's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. Who I wonder who the uh if the artist was an 80s poster designer because it's so perfect. Yeah, oh, it yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a painted, like hand painted yeah. poster. It's very cool. And it, this, oh, I didn't even notice. The Mulator 2 has Terry Kaiser. Terry? It was uh, from Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's. So that's, very, that's very cool. He's the star of Mulator 2. <laughs> I remember him as Jack's buddy on uh, Three's Pepe Company. wants me to post a... Pepe sent a picture. Let me all uh, grab it. What was he on? He was on Three's Company? He was Jack's buddy. They would go to the Regal Beagle. Oh, together. Larry? Yeah, yep. So oh, that's cool. him? Yeah, yep. Oh, Larry. Oh, my God. I got to try to get him on the show. I know. Oh, sorry, Larry. Well, he was playing a character. I know it's not actually Larry. So he yeah, but you just picture him as kind of a sleazy Larry. guy. Yeah. I was so Larry's kind of a sleazy young, name. Young child. What is this? This Whoa. is uh Pepe. Pepe wanted us to, uh, to post this oh, picture like of him. Pretty sweet mask. Wow. Is that a mask or is that face paint? That's just him. No, that's just him normally. It's <laughs> crazy. Birthmark. <laughs> Neil's hat looks like a sock I had under my bed in high school. Whoa. What the hell? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Dave. Larry's still alive. My cat would go berserk with that thing, Neil. <laughs> yeah. I uh whenever we used to have we, we always had cats when we were kids, but the uh they'd always tear down the Christmas tree. They do That's like That's why we don't Christmas have a Christmas tree now. I remember hearing it crash because they would like, like, I mean, really bring it all the way down. Yeah, that's what cats do to Christmas trees. That's just what they <laughs> yep. do. Uh -huh. People getting into Christmas trees with cats, like, you just got to accept that tree might yep. just be done. Day Unless you have indestructible, like, uh, ornaments and things, probably not the mm -hmm. route you want to go. Invest in hard plastic. Yep. So saw the musicals going to be touring. I'm all this sounds Whoa. like a fun time to me. What? I check it saw out. Saw the musical. Yeah, the unofficial. The unofficial. Musical. Unauthorized. Unauthorized, which I think Ooh. is hilarious that they put yeah. that in there. I'm all about There's it. There's a lot of horror with the musicals. Oh, what's the one that's going to be in January? Something coming to Boston. Was it not? We missed so the Bat Boy. We missed Bat uh... Boy. I, really I saw the poster it for it. It was a Bad Boy musical. Yeah, they had a poster for it oh at. Oh, my uh, God. It was actually at the Boston Ballet House or Opera House. Was it? 
Oh, was it? Yeah. Nice. It was, I think there was another one too, but it was also at that one, which was weird. Oh my Lord. Do you see what Pepe made a great suggestion here? It was the most recent comment about cats and Christmas trees. You got it. Yeah. Make a tree out of cat houses. That works. Mm -hmm. I, I just imagine in my mind what that like giant cat house when are they making the human centipede I musical think... oh yeah. that would be tremendous well you know feed her entertainment would probably not allow feed it her. feed then... her that'll be the tune <laughs> live events oh, yeah, in Austin, though, made me think uh, this is the yeah. most. Oh, I, I dig it. Ridiculous. This Great. is my my horror holiday shirt. I don't have any other horror no, holiday it. shirt. So. Yeah. I yesterday was nine year the nine year anniversary of that shirt. So how many? Wow. Nine years. Wow. Damn. <clears throat> Came up on the time hop. Yeah. But I can't remember if I had brought it up. Hmm. I, I can't remember if I told you guys about the um, the Edgar Allan Poe thing. That was How in was it? No. It was it's so fun. good. I, I didn't know if I had, had talked to you guys about it or not. But it was the so. uh, no. the Edgar Allan Poe speakeasy. Yeah. And it, it was just like, next year when they come, I know that Neil doesn't drink anymore, but they had like non-alcoholic ones for, for people that don't. So mm -hmm. it was the same kind of like spice blend and things, you know, without the booze. But yeah. like they had it all set up like an old 1920 speakeasy. It was like the coolest thing. So That's next year, awesome. if they come back, we're going to get like, uh, you know, like do like the flapper dress and like uh, mobster kind of duds. Nice. I'll be wearing spats, you know, it'll be good. It'll be good. I love but it. They, they told um, four post stories and you got a wow. drink that matched each story. That's amazing. Which was really, really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. One thing that it's I didn't even know. Like... Um, I'm sorry. You were saying? Oh, um, there was one. I forget what that was called. I think it might have been the. Hmm. Might have been the Telltale Heart. But it was Poe's favorite drink. And it was whiskey and cream which i had never had before i never thought of putting like whiskey in yeah i would milk. think that it would like i would think that it would make me I think it would mix <laughs> yeah it sounds so, like it would be nasty but it was fantastic really? it had like this smooth rich creaminess it was so good wow. i can't uh, i'll have to find imagine. like a list of what there were you know yeah. like, four different drinks and the people Aww. that put it on, like, the production was great, too. Like, wow, that's too cool. It's a great trip. That's amazing. I'm so curious about what that, that tastes like. But I yeah, saw that. It, like, so weird. it was like, I think it was on Facebook a lot that this is happening. It's probably, happening. That's then, probably like, where we first saw it. it was, yeah. Uh, was and then there was that. a few like George James Frazier posted about going to it with his wife and it was like oh, around okay. and then it was like, I don't know. I wish I went. Yeah, oh, I guess they're going all across year? the country. That's amazing. I think so. I think so because they're doing like um, 
they're going down to Florida and then going across the country. And I think next year they'll work their way back. And if they do, like we should do like a big group thing. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yes. That would be awesome. This is like a, I think like an hour and a half, two hours, maybe it was freezing. So yeah, it was so good. So maybe like a flapper with like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I found a neat place that you can get, you can get um, those with, they were pretty inexpensive. You know, they were like replica things. And I think they were all like around 60 bucks. So it wasn't that's something reasonable. that, you know, you got to pay like hundreds of dollars to get. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's very reasonable. And Pepe, it's not about the cream base. It's about no sugar in my mind. Like, I know, like, yep. uh, I almost call it kombucha, rum chata. Is oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, most of those things are. They usually are. Yep. Yeah, any kind of cream-based alcohol I've ever had has has always been like uber sweet, but this wasn't. Yeah. This was you, you really got like the I, I don't know if it was maybe it was bourbon, but whatever whiskey they used, like it's a little smokiness to the uh to the cream. It was just crazy. I, I don't know, like it, it doesn't well, sound like it should be as good as it was. Like Neil, I know with some of the teas in our in our, have you seen this tea calendar, Troy? Do you drink tea? That's it's amazing. That's just I'm, Troy's I'm not, not much a of a tea guy. guy. Well, I'm an iced awesome. tea guy. Iced tea is also very good. But he had the idea I saw in some of his posts that with some of them to add a little milk, and that it can really bring out the oh, flavor. Okay. So I'm thinking that's the same kind of thing that for whatever reason the stereo like just lifts the flavor. And however, whatever yeah. magically it does. Yep. Why well, use non dairy? Must be. Oh, okay. I I don't. Yeah, but I learned that yeah. in our pancakes See. the other day that that doesn't always work because we used almond milk and the pancakes oh. turned to rubber. That was really gruesome. Oh. That's it. Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't good. I have. I've been looking for. I love every version of Nosferatu. I'm more of an Osferatu fan than Dracula, and I know people argue, well, it is Dracula, whatever, but okay, I don't care. The first the image from uh, uh, Willem Dafoe, of Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me Dafoe. And I'm pretty look excited. Look at, look at, he's just in total Ooh. madness and love of, of playing this oh. character. I love it. I've and seen a lot of people talk about uh, uh, After, after Midnight. midnight. London yeah. after midnight, and it's... oh, I could so see that. That's so yeah. true. Look at him; he's that would in make love a great model. Character. That's like a perfect. Yeah, it even like, looks like a model. Like a model kit. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Oh, that's this awesome. has me that so, so cool. Even just that still picture really captured like old cinema to me. Like it's yeah. just very, oh, it like it's there. Oh, yeah, very. Because it looks like and, real fire. It's not like yeah, computer fire going around and stuff. That looks so awesome. So yes. I'm very excited. It's not till the end of the movie coming out. And I think oh, next okay. winter. So. Oh, it'll be worth the wait. I think. Hope so. I'm looking forward to it. Dave is asking about Nosferatu. He did kind of play. He played played Max Shrek. Oh, as right, Nosferatu. Right. right. I love that back. movie too. And uh, what the hell is the name of that one? 
Shadow of the Vampire. So I include that in, in, in my opinion, the three the three versions of the movie. So but in this one, he's Van Helsing, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, well. He's, I don't think they call oh, wow. Van Helsing, but he's the vamp. He's the vampire hunter. Yeah. Well. Yeah, because it's not because they Dracula. can't use Dracula. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's like Larry Van Crew. Although they vampire. probably could use it now since it's public domain, but when they did oh, Nosferatu, yeah. they they really cheated the family out of the money. But really? Yeah. 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 It tends to happen. Yeah. But yeah, it turned a hundred last year, I think, and this year, and the Invisible wow. Man turns ninety. Oh, that's crazy. Even the moon's afraid of me. Look at it. Oh, Willem Dafoe, by the way, is in Poor Things. And this was so... I I didn't know what to think from the trailer. And I went in and some watches like, holy shit, this movie's fucking awesome. It's basically... It's like a... It just came out last week. It's like a a retelling of Frankenstein, but a little different. The and trailer looks so great. The middle, I do think it gets a little repetitive in the middle with um Bruce Ban, whatever the guy's the the uh, Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. But then it gets amazing again. That stuff's not bad. It's just a little repetitive to me. And the it's the end is so freaking dark and weird. This movie's great. Uh if you like like classic tim burton kind of stuff just the visuals is very tim burton-esque like the old like old tim burton stuff super weird very dark Mm. uh a great cast like i said willem dafoe is is the is god and but he played his name's god but he's basically um dr frankenstein Mm. and is it emma stone is that her name she's she's uh, the monster i didn't even know She's the monster, for lack of a better term. And then, um, yeah, gr- great. Let me look up the actress. Huh. I'm sorry. Great. Uh, great movie. I highly recommend. It might be uh, Emma Stone. Thing. I think you might be right. Yeah. Emma Stone, yeah. So uh, go see this. Apparently it was a play. It was, it's um, This is the you know movie version of the play. The Willem Dafoe character is so dark and weird. Everyone is weird, in it, but it's great. It's I would really not dark it. and weird in any movie. No, it's true. true. Never. That's why people hire him because he's really good at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> weird and dark. He's the top of the list. Sleuth so says acted in one of the same theaters that Emma Stone did. That's cool. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. Pepe is saying that every time I think about John Malkovich, I always think about when he read The Nightmare Before Christmas on SNL. I did not see that. That sounds pretty rad. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I would like to... You usually can count on Malkovich, too. You can usually count on him. He's an also odd. He's like in the same vein of odd... Yep. Yeah, it has oh, default wow. like different, but that's oh. wicked nasty. That's some great yeah. makeup though. Yeah, that, that's like a, a mask, right? Wow. It's not uh, him, is it? No, it's him with like prosthetics on. Really? From what wow. I understood, it took a long time to get the to put that all on. That looks super uncomfortable. That's from the movie, too, poor you know? things. That Damn. movie. 
interesting because I remember seeing trailers for that and we yeah. didn't know if we were into it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, I didn't know what now kind of movie it would be. About. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd go see it again too. It's it's a long movie. It's two and a half hours. I do, this is one oh, I do actually oh, think oh. would benefit if it was if it, they cut about 20 or 30 minutes out. I sometimes people say that and I don't really agree. I do think that that's the only negative to me. It's too long. The middle is gets repetitive, kind of hits like, yeah, we get what you're going for. Mm. But, uh, but I mean, it's a great movie. I'm not saying it's bad or anything, but if anything, it definitely could have been edited down about 20 minutes. Well, guys, I got a boogie. So, well, it was great to have you here. Please return. I'm sorry I was late, but I'm glad I made the scene. Yeah. So, me too, because I was really crappy. You guys. I'm never going to count on Troy ever again yeah. for anything. I know, I know. I, know. I, always, cra I always crap on him. <laughs> that's, yeah, that that's guy. just the usual way. I understand. I keep right. hitting my well, hat when I use this one hat. See kids later. All right. Bye. See you. I got to remember Good if I'm always, if I'm ever going to start, you know, being a hatchet murderer, yeah. I can't wear this hat because I'll be like, hmm. see? that's your fatal flaw. It's like in a video uh, game, and you have to wait for like the moment that the villain does that thing. Right, yeah, like punch out. You're like, yes. on the fourth hop, you gotta hit yes. King Hippo in the belly. Boom! Exactly. So like okay. on, your, on your like sixth chop, you catch your hat, and yeah. you stop. Yeah. Nice. These I was gonna do some uh I was gonna actually use uh some of the uh punch out uh characters for some uh make some eight bit guys off of them, but anyway. Nice. Punch out was pretty great. Yeah, good game. What were you saying? I'm sorry. I have them in front of me because they're here and I need to eat them because I've made like hundreds of them. Is uh I made this there was a big ass work party that they wanted us to bake shit. I'm like Fine, I'll bake shit. These are spice bars. This is my family recipe that as I started to make it, I realized it's probably like a hundred year old recipe, which is crazy. Yeah. They're pretty good. They're very sweet. I don't know. I ain't got any an ingredient. Have you had what? coffee is an ingredient? Oh, coffee. Well, I've got some coffee right here, but it's not sweet at all. Okay. Very sweet. I kicked caffeine, coffee caffeine. I don't mm -hmm. think these count. It's like not a big amount of coffee. Ah, I not. feel like a different human, better. When I changed my diet, I actually stopped drinking coffee for a couple months and then I slowly get back onto it. And now I just. <laughs> I, I feel clear. I feel happier. I feel so much more energy without coffee i can drink tea well tea has much less caffeine in than coffee well it's a different i mean it's different like chemically it's different it's also much less too, sure and tea is fine you can comparably you could some teas are as strong as coffee not caffeine it shows you in like the charts yeah coffee but at any rate yeah, so maybe people will want to try it. Give it a whirl. Have a caffeine purge. Well, a coffee purge and just see how it goes because I don't want to ever go back. And I'll be a viceless man. I'm totally viceless? 
I guess I gamble. Dave, I left the pizza. Dave's talking about he would buy it. I the only reason I was able to quit is because I got so sick for weeks, and all I was having was like soup and herbal tea and sleeping, and that I just that was that. Then I was off coffee. I hey, if, it, if you feel crazy. better, why drink it? That's how I feel. Like yourself, with you getting rid of some of your drinks. Because you said when you, like, you didn't have to stop drinking alcohol. But when you did, you felt better. Right. I think. It sounded like that's it. Not exactly what I said. But, yeah, that's what, that's. But I definitely do feel better, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Secret Satan. Everyone, mm-hmm. should, everyone, when you get your secret Satan, please take a either a picture or video and post it on uh, on uh, the group on the Facebook group or email it or however you uh, want to send it in. Do a video, and we'll play what it on the show. Tag you in their own post on their own social media. That's cool too. Do it up. Mm-hmm. Do it up. And if you didn't do it, that's fine. But next year, get on the ball. Don't be a bum. <laughs> Puppy salute. Looking at you. What? Are you picking on Sloot? Sloot's got a lot going on. Dang, meal. Maybe, maybe Sloot is anti-holidays. No, she was going to. She just she just forgot. But I'll forgive her this time. That's what I needed. I drink I drink mine black as well. I used to. I I've given it up. I hope I never go back. I loved it. I loved especially like coffee drinks, like lattes and all the seasonal things, and it'd be like it's winter and i can have minty white mochas and well you can just you could still have all that just don't put coffee in it ew then it's just like sugar just and milkshakes milk. <laughs> i'm gonna have my hot milkshake yeah. hot milk like that's what a steamer is like a as a cafe drink. A steamer a steamer in a cafe oh okay is yeah. Foamed milk with whatever the flavor is. Right, right. Yep, sweet milk. Uh, Night Swim's coming out in two weeks, I believe. Yeah, I hope that's good. It's kind of scary to me. Hey, John, what's up? John Reddy is. Are you ready for John Reddy? That song needs work. But Mr. Reddy, good man. I feel Boom. like it's too to talk about. What was it? Arr, Mr. Reddy, his uh your secret Satan is in the mail. But you're in Okanada, so may not get there. Yeah, it'll be a well, little they've got, like boxing day and stuff like that, right? So you've got until boxing. Yeah. I don't remember when I don't know. Maybe it'll get there and I really don't know. Maybe it'll get there quick. There's got to me quick. Well, it could be. 
Dave did. I actually went to, well, I wouldn't say honor system with Kat Katonic. I sent hers out before I actually got it, but it all worked out. Um, uh, ba 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 ba. Night swim, wake effect, blackouts on the cover. Oh, I wanted to mention um to everybody who loves our wonderful reviewer Joe Diablo Joe. Um, if anybody has uh is aware that he had there was a fire at his condo, he has had been displaced. It was really like screwed. Um, a lot of people contributed money. If you were one of the people that did that, anyone who showed support for Joe, amazing and thank you. Um, and he did find a place. Yes. So Joe is housed and will start doing. He's very excited that he was now that he's stable and can like chill. He's going to start doing his reviews again. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um. Earlier last this week. I was offered to sell without your head. Which would, which would end, the sh end the show. And they're like, well, you can just start a new show. So that's what, how to the level that it was? Yeah. Like you can start oh, and, you, and, you, and, you, and you, you'll be all over the shows, you know, on wherever they end up. Um, so people, it's like, so oh, yeah. it, it, it actually made what? me sad even thinking of the idea. Uh, selling 20 years of the, of the show, someone else to own it. We can't That's go tough. back. We can't go back and inter and talk to Sid Haig and Betsy Palmer. And, and then that person could just bury everything. And you yeah, have no course. Right. It, it, it may like, end up somewhere. It might end up nowhere. And how long would it end up there? Maybe maybe they'll be like, I don't like I, I don't like these few guys you've had on the show. Let's not put them up. What happens yeah. to them? They just disappear into the ether. Yeah, fuck that. So the whole thought just made me sad. So I was like, I, I'm not doing it. I'm really... I'm sad they thought you would go for it. That makes me like... They really thought that that would be desirable? Yes, yeah, it's not. Well, I mean, it's nice that someone uh, thinks there's value in the show and everything. So. I guess. But, uh, yeah, but there would be... I'm very suspicious of people. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Who knows? I, I give people a bit of benefit of the doubt. They would have put it somewhere, and, yeah, and then you get. But, the, I, but still, the idea that that it, you know, I have no control over, and it all be gone. And... <laughs> Dave's offering five magic beans for the show. Uh, yeah. Don't know. All right, but that. So, but anyway, all the stuff's here on the site. Holding the show. Yeah, yeah, it's all here. It's all on the without your head. Man, so you, you would like to donate out. a few bucks to help pay for all the costs. But I, I, why I mention this is because we're coming up to a new year. So any donations will get your name in the thanks throughout all of 2024. So, if you would like to do that. It would be cool. It would be cool. It would be cool. Because as far as I know, we do not have any financial sponsorships. Do we? No. Sponsored by anybody? No. Any company? No. I should probably look into all this stuff. People have always told me for years. and We'll try to do it. Well, I should do it anyway. So at least even if it just covered the cost, that would be cool by me. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. But there are people oh, who but besides that. Seven beans. Seven beans. He's bumped up his offer. Seven beans. That's another thing I was like, I didn't say this, but it's like these festivals invite you to the, invite us to the to the to their shows and stuff. They'd be like, oh wow, it's been around 20 years. Yeah, I started a whole new one. Oh wow, you've been around two weeks. <laughs> Who have you interviewed? Nobody. Why well, interviewed all these people? Where is it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Just take my Maybe word for it. Totally bury the longest running <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I couldn't even couldn't even use that anymore. Couldn't longest say running podcast. I don't know if you're the longest running. No, no, podcast. not longest, but, but no. longest running active horde podcast because mm -hmm. uh, another one started at the same time but no longer runs. Ah, uh aha. -huh. But so, didn't start you know, previously. You say you gotta like put it in a will somewhere that you give it to, even if it wasn't me, someone that you do trust, whomever, or multiple together people. a group. Uh, you and Tyler, I think. Yeah, it can be like the intellectual property without your head so other people can't fuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, because it's as I've gotten older, next year is the 20th year that I've podcasted. It'll be the 19th year of Without Your Head. Wow. 2025 will be the 20th year of uh, wow. Without Your Head. But it's the 20th year of In Your Head and the 20th year since I've been podcasting. And then you start to look back at all these people that are no longer, not even just no longer here, but I mean, people are no longer here. You can't go, you can't get more stories from Angus Grimm and um, Betsy Palmer, as I said, the great uh, Ben Chapman up here. And then on my wrestling shows, Harley Race, there's um, Paul Bear, Terry Funk, so many people. They were not going to also buy. No, 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 okay. no. But still. Yeah, you're so right that, I mean, that's such precious stuff. So many, like, interactions and experiences with people that... Yeah. A lot of people that I think you've had people that have not been on other shows. Yeah, when we had, um, when we interviewed the director of... Um... Oh, Surgeon? Well, sir, yeah, he's that was his first ever show. I don't know if he's, he's probably done some sins. Surgeon specific, but um, um, I'm trying. The name's blanking on me right now. Wicker, the original Wicker Man. When we had, uh, we had the director. Oh, Robin uh, Bernstein. Robin. No, no, Robin uh, Har Bernstein. Harvey. Ro Robin Hardy. Robin Hardy. Yes. That was his first ever podcast, and I and he passed away not long after. So I, I think it was his only podcast. So. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a uh, special. Yeah, he was um he was advertising for his Wickerman two, which three. I donated three. to three, and I yeah. donated to, and I have a signed poster. Oh him. wow, yeah, that's actually pretty, pretty cool. It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah, so much good stuff. Well, I'm glad you're not doing that. No, I mean, it, it would have to be like life changing money or something and i know that's never you know like they're not gonna do that and even even that the idea is like makes me up sad and anxious so well you'd have a lot of money the way i i mean i can't like if someone was to offer me money i would never tell someone like don't take life-changing money 
And at the same time, it's like, well, what's going to change? Like, what's going to change? Well, yeah, it'd be like, what would I want to? Well, yeah, I use this money to go to festivals and all this stuff for, that would be related to the show that I just sold. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because your life right now is aligned with the things that you love. Right. So it's not like you'd get money that you could go live your dream because you're already doing things that you love to do. Right, right. It would. I'd want to put it back into, into stuff related to the show. So, yeah. mm-hmm. All right. But uh, anyway, I appreciate everyone who listens to the show and shares it out. Oh, I, I, I have been asking, and people have been doing this very nice. So we were like around 200 away from 5,000 subscribers. Ooh. Now, originally 5, I had yeah, 5,000. So originally we had on with on YouTube. Oh, okay. Originally, uh, so originally, both shows were on one channel, the IYA trick, because just because I started it first, and then we separated in two different channels. So the in your head one still is like seven thousand, around eight thousand. Um, this one was up to four thousand, whatever. So I was trying to get to five thousand, and it's almost there. So we're like ninety-five away, I think. Wow. So 95 people away from 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. If you are subscribed, share it out to the social medias and ask your horror friends to subscribe. And what will happen when you hit that number? I don't know. I just thought oh, it'd be cool. cool 5,000. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, oh, cool. Something's, something's going to happen. YouTube's yeah. going to like do a thing. I don't Whatever. know. There might be a cool that, number. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would be excited about it too. 5,000 yeah. party. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's do it up. But we, and we need 50, which isn't a lot. But um, I don't know how many is on there. But uh, subscribe on the Twitch too. Follow us on Twitch. Are you Even if you just Twitch? listen on one or the other, uh, subscribe or follow on both, please. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. Do you, are you up to the, your numbers on Twitch that you need to achieve? No, we need 50. I don't think it's up that high, but I don't really promote it as much as I should. But Yeah. But we will. She but knows. I have been saving the... I did the little trick that you sent me. Ah, to save. So I think they did in the last show. So it's there permanently. Cool. For now. Right. Can't trust anything. Make sure you download everything. Oh, I, I keep the archives. Okay. So, um... What else is going on? I feel like there's stuff that I want to talk about and I have energy and I don't know. What's going on in the horror world? Do we know? So uh, earlier I played a song, Krampus, by Dr. Dreadful. That was pretty cool. And uh, later on, we're going to close out with Christmas Evil by Sam Haynes. Cool. That'll be fun. And I just got confirmation actually during the show. That the band suggested by uh, Diablo Joe, the Casket Rats, will be the music of the month in January. Excellent. Boston-based band. Oh, sweet. Nice. So that's pretty rocking. Casket Rats. The Casket Rats. Casket Rats. Yeah. What do you think I said? What was that? What do you think I said? I don't know what you said. Casket Rats. Makes me think of like uh, you know, and the ships coming over in the in the, in the sea with Dracula in it. Oh, the rats. Co- isn't there? But there's a band called Coffin Cats. Yeah, the Coffin Cats. They battle the Casket Rats. 
cats. They must because the coffin cats, um, I think it's from New Jersey. That's a that's probably the same kind of music. That's interesting. And then the they grave dogs come in, and chase them all away. I don't know. Reminds me of the house that Jack built. This is the house that Jack built. This is the malt that lay in the house that Jack built. This is the rat that ate the malt that lay in the house that Jack built. This is the cat with the whatever. Well, he had like a tail, blah, 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 that chased the rat that ate the malt that lay in the house that Jack built. This is the dog that Worried the cat that chased the rat that ate them all the way in the house that Jack built. Oh, what weird. The maid, all forlorn. When I was at a tattoo shop a long time ago, there was a guy who came in. This tattoo artist came in and he had this nice car. He acted like he was a superstar. His nice car on his hood was a very the whole thing was airbrushed was his fucking face airbrushed <laughs> it's really really well done and his name is on the car it was just crazy and he's like oh i was in the band the coffin cats and apparently that's true because when i was looking for that really yeah, he looks kind of like Wee herman now oh wow he was not no <laughs> I don't miss having him around. Not that I'm at the shop anymore, but he was so. So that um, reminds. There's a so I have the sandwich news page for my local town that I live in, Sandwich. And yeah. so there, there's a page, and it's all the, the news. It's really just that it's people talk about Karens and like uh, white people problems. This mm -hmm. is the epitome of both those things. Like it's just complaining about like the most minuscule nothing things and uh so anyway the guy who runs that um i see him around town and he has a giant sticker on on his on his car that says sandwich news and his name also his name with his face on it it's just like a big picture of his face on his own car and i was like oh my god at first i thought he was like joking but yeah. like he's he's very serious about it. It's very. And why does he have this? Because he runs the sandwich news page on Facebook. Uh huh. So he puts this on his car, this giant sticker of his face, and the sandwich news. Because the sandwich right. news is that important. <laughs> he doesn't even live in sandwich anymore either. What a strange this. See now, I say this, and we talk about this, but if Neil had a car, I'd put my face on it. I wouldn't. I put this hat. I'd have like something like this that would be like on the top. That's what we need to make, like a bobblehead of me going. See, that's what I'm talking about. That that this that reminds me when we first made the website. Yeah. I, I, I wanted the cursor to be my head that just floated around the website. <laughs> Neil. I actually I, I suggested this idea, but Tyler was well, not why down. didn't it happen? I didn't know how to make it, and Tyler wasn't down with it. <laughs> Tyler also hated why? that I used, to, I used to have the show just play whenever he'd go to the website. It would just I hated it. that. 
like, when it. I came on, I'm like, dude, that can't keep up. Tyler hated it. It's awful. It's so intrusive. I hate it when things well, start like playing on. Because it's you. Of course you like it. Yeah, I wanted my voice just to be like, oh, man, as soon as you go to the website. I bet if you go to other websites and something starts playing immediately, you think it's fucking Yeah, obnoxious. but it's not me. I like no. that a lot of the things I say is just uh, is not reality. Like, I might suggest these things, but I didn't think they'd ever happen some of them are very real some are a mixture but i like to leave it up to the audience to decide how how real anything i say is i i know you better than me and i'm like <laughs> no it's real <laughs> uh let's see yeah, I asked for questions. People have started asking about wrestling. No, that's not what the show is. Take it no. elsewhere, my friend. I even it without your head. Uh, which international celebrities would you like to meet? International celebrities. Well, Junji Ito. Oh, my God. There we go. That's my choice. People who know what I'm talking about know why those that don't Junji Ito is um, an artist in Japan who makes amazing horror manga comics and they're fucking scary and creative and unique and the monsters are so fucking weird and it's terrifying and I don't think there's a lot of times I can read something and it's like a comic and and it's it's scary. I need to pick those up again. I was um, I had them on um, on my phone. I was reading them before bed every night. So good, so good. And he just seems like a super cool guy. I don't think his English is good. Actually, he might not even be able to speak English now. That I think of it. But yeah, how about yourself? I don't know. I, I'm not really sure. Internationals. Yeah. No. I'm not really sure. I this is one I'd have to think about. It's a good question. Hmm. Well, who would you want to have on the show? From afar. Mm, yeah. Maybe that's an easier way to think about it. I'm really happy that we had Damien on tonight because I think uh, I agree with you 100% that this is a, like the future horror master. Yeah, he's going, yes. I think he's, I don't know if he understands how, like this guy is, that movie was amazing. I can't wait to see his other stuff. I feel like we're really, we're very fortunate. Yeah. And he's super nice. So I think maybe when he's like this giant he'll actually come back <laughs> uh twilight of the living dead whoops twilight of the living dead is gonna start shooting soon that is uh romero oh yeah romero's oh. unfilmed script who is and making that um i believe it's actually um 
former guest on the show uh, finished the script. Um, hmm. Let's see is, her. Twilight of Blub. Twilight of the Living Dead. Loop, doop, doop. Oh, come on. Leave me alone. Let's see. Yeah, I think Joe Netter. Joe Netter is. Oh, okay. Huh. The individual is Brad Anderson, who previously directed Session 9. Oh, I just lost the it. Trans Siberian Director? Yes. Um, has worked on several film uh -oh. television projects, including um, DC Universe with Titans and Peacemaker. And script treatment also worked on by Joe Netter. Robert Lucas and Paolo Zalati will be executive produced by Alex Dundas and a bunch of other people. And it says, yeah, not much. Hmm. I mean, I'll be Stephanie interested. Hall. It's interesting. I mean, yeah, you know, I can't say I was in love with the last couple he did. But uh, yeah, I mean, be interesting. Is a Stephanie Hol Holbrook person is connected? Is she uh, Al Holbrook's kid? Yeah, I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, nepotism. <laughs> nepotism. All right. Yeah, well, check out the uh, Smash Mouth Ends on 2 Kickstarter. Subscribe. Is there nepotism involved? There is no. No, no my. Uh, no. I don't think so. Um, something I actually want to start uh, doing more often. It's on the website where you can subscribe to the um, newsletter. And I'd like to try to send that out every week or so. Just it'll update with uh, who's coming on the show. Um, I know good. Nicholas Vince does that. And I stole the idea from him. Uh, very good of you to give credit. Yeah. Yeah, very good. So, uh, and also uh, check out Nicholas Vince's movie when it's available. It's great. Oh, so good. Oh, my God, people. It's fantastic. I Am Monsters was amazing. If you like documentaries, um, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful story. He's such a lovely guy. And to learn more about him and just the context of his experiences in history of his time as a gay man who didn't feel like he could come out because of all the bullshit. And then just all this stuff, obviously all the Hellraiser stuff and all of his other acting things and his childhood. And it's, it's just done in this really wonderful way that I felt it was very easy to continue. And I'm a person with attention challenges and I felt it was very easy to pay attention. I was very engaged. Yeah. He's got a great voice to listen to telling the stories. It was, um, yeah, it's wonderful. I really recommend it. Uh, John Reddy says brunch of the living dead. People over here being so silly. John is funny. I man. think twilight of the living dead is a good name though. Cause we, uh, I always, always kind of sad. They went away from, you know, night, uh, dawn day. day dawn. And, then, and then you go to the land. It's like, eh. Well, in the diary, and then the diary. island. Oh my god! I don't. I have not seen all of them, and I really should see more, just to get them under my belt more. Am I like um, 
freezing. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if it was me or you, but it's me because I would know. Like right now, am I frozen right now? Yeah. What yeah. the fuck is my voice frozen or just my? No, no, just the just the huh. visual at, at moments here and there. I don't know. Trey did the same thing. That's weird. It wasn't happening the whole time. No. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dave. Man, you guys. See, John and Dave are old school without your head. For me, my experience with them is without your head people. And they riff on each other. So if you join us live for the chat, because Neil can't be posting constantly like, Boom, 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 pulsing every silly ass thing going on inside. Right, right, right. So come be in the live chat. It adds to the experience of the show for us, for you guys. It's fun. Pepe Sloot's been around. It's a good time. Come and join the chat. If you're listening to this on the archives after, try to remember Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Come on over, and we're usually on till about 11. And uh, join in. It's a good. Uh, it's I a good time. <laughs> and then I have to go to sleep. Yes, and I reconnected John and Dave. Um, they uh, they became friends through the show, and then like they hadn't. They became separated, and uh, that sounds weird. But you know, they didn't have any contact, so I gave uh, anyway. I reconnected them with their emails or telephones or however they contact each other in Canada, smoke signals. And now they're in Canada now, is he? Huh? They're currently in Canada? Yeah, yeah, they're both in Canada. Oh, he's in Canada. Okay. Didn't know if you were in Detroit Rock City. He was, um, I think he was for a little bit, but no, he's back in Canada. Got it. There's a lot of Canadians that are hanging out with us, huh? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Eating the poutine. Where does, does Sloot live? Arizona. Okay. That's very much not Canada. Right. She it's actually goes to Canada sometimes, huh? Does she? I think she, yeah, she has a family member there. I was talking with uh, uh, one of my. That reminds me. I'm sorry. Well, last <laughs> time I was in, uh, in uh, Boston, Boston. So uh, I was sitting in the, um, it wasn't last time, it was the time before I was in Boston. And uh, so I was taking the late bus and um, there was an older woman there, but she thought I was her age for, cause she even said like, oh, I see gray in your hair. And you know, when we were kids, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I think <laughs> well, she's probably part blind. I know I'm losing my vision. <laughs> but anyway, there was, their buses there to Montreal and stuff. And she, and she just like said, why don't we jump on a bus and go to Montreal? And I was like, what the hell? Nice. But, why not? Neil Jones? Mm-hmm. Probably drug you and pull you <laughs> in an alley and eat the face. Eat she's the very face nice. Off. She's very nice. She tried to help. They tried to help a young guy because I, I bus to Canada and the bus driver wouldn't let him on. And she actually went over and was offering to pay for his bus ticket, which was nice. Wow. And he was like, it's not the, the kid actually had a bus ticket. This was really messed up. This is not horribly, whatever. But he had a bus ticket and the bus driver's like, no, it's not that he doesn't have a ticket. He's got a ticket, but we oversold the seats. And so now and I was like, well, that's not his fault. That's your fault. 
And so now he had to wait till 1 p.m. the next day. So I'm like, so he's gonna sit here for like 13 hours. That's pretty fucked like up. A kid? Like a young person? Yeah, he's prob- I would say he's probably was. I assume he's going home for like the holidays, and he's probably in college. Got it. I'd say early 20s or late teens. Mm. I was like, man, that sucks. And that's not that. That shouldn't be that kid's fault. That should be your fault for selling too many tickets on the bus. But then, what do you do if all the seats are sold? You can't. I like, don't know. Stick them in the stick them on the top. No, I don't know. <laughs> and tie them down like a Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> John, good <laughs> good question, John. I had there was another weird experience that same day. So it was before I was waiting for the bus. I was at McDonald's drinking my coffee. And I heard this dude yelling, but I had my earbuds on. I was like, what the fuck is this? And he was on his phone. And I was like, ah, need people on their phone just talking so loud so we can hear him. But then I started listening. And like he was talking about, he's like, well, a good thing about being on the Cape is there's only two points of entry. And every, and every, it, the place is just uh, covered, littered, how he said, uh, with um, agents. And they're all after me. And then he's and this oh, other God. guy there, he started looking at me and like getting his eyes bigger as he was kept going on. And he said, and last night, you know where I live on. He said the street, which actually isn't very far from me in sandwich. And he's like, a car, the car in front of me exploded. And, and we both looked at each other. This other guy, and we're like, and he's like, I was driving and the cars followed me and it exploded. And the weirdest thing is it wasn't even in the news. And I was like, oh, my Lord. Wow. So That's that was sad. it was very uh very very weird conversation. And then yeah. then he was he was called he was trying to get money out of his bank and he's like, Why do I need power of attorney? I'm the person who owns it. And then he started giving out his uh his um social security number, like been yelling it like so everybody can hear him. Like, this is probably not very smart, man. But it's no. very weird. It was Probably very a very ill. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Frozen psychosis. Right, right, yeah. That's that's the person you call. Please said, "I'd like to have a safety, a wellness check on this person." <laughs> yeah, everyone else. Streets. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. But I hope hopefully he's all right. Hopefully he is. Hopefully What's he is. this? Fingers and butts. <laughs> I don't know what that's a reference from? to. That was when we were talking about the the young man being tied to the the top of the vehicle. No, bus. I don't know what that has anything to do with anything. <laughs> Above it, I see. How do you ask a question in Canadian? John saying, "I am also sober. Be very afraid." And then a silly comment about the bus. Did no one have a lap? Which I thought was really funny. I will not sign up for name. How do you ask a question in Canadian? Use also a. Sober, be very afraid. No one, I like that. One. That's true. Yeah, someone could just jump. Yeah, he could have jumped on yeah. someone's lap. Like the bus driver. They have always that little space behind the bus driver. They should have like a emergency emergency seat that they save for when they're dumb and don't know how to book. Exactly. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to even buy a ticket, I think, if you overbook. No, it should just automatic. Yeah. I don't know. 
So, what else is happening, people? I mean, we're getting down to the final moments here, I guess. What's happening next? What's next what's week? Buddy on? Cooper will be on the show. Yes. Excellent. And then coming up in, in 2024, our top 13 list with a plethora of people on talking about it. That'll be fun. I'm going to have to think, is that going to be on the 4th? Um, we'll figure out the, I'll have to figure out the date that works for, uh, mm -hmm. Joe and yeah. So you have a couple weeks to, uh, watch every movie that came out this year. <laughs> That's not happening, but I saw a lot when dinner and a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I started when we started doing these lists, it was hard for me. Cause I was like, Oh, I love so-and-so. I'd look it up. It's like, Oh, that came out two years ago. So <laughs> every year I actually keep a notebook, a notepad. On, yes. on a virtual one and every time i see a movie i really like i actually uh, go and put it down and so i've got oh i think over 20 at the moment so i gotta whittle it down wow. and sometimes i look at it afterwards i'm like why the hell did i put that on the list maybe i just zoomed like there's not gonna be anything else i like so oh that was the best of january right, right yeah it's probably honestly probably in the early year i just throw everything on there that was all right and then later in the year it's like i'm getting more like you know mm. a little more strict uh oh this looks cool destroy all neighbors is coming to uh shutter oh that's gonna be like really goofy isn't it yeah it looks pretty goofy it looks fun yeah though. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, William William Brown, an erotic self-absorbed musician determined to finish his prog rock magnum opus, faces a creative roadblock in the form of a no noisy and grotesque neighbor named Vlad. Seems I like there's been a lot of erotic. At first, huh? I'm like Ero erotic. Oh. erotic. I'm like erotic. What the hell kind of description is this? And then I realized you probably said neurotic. Right. Right. Okay. Seems like there's been a lot of horror movies lately about like musicians writing like the great horror tune or whatever. I mean, we just had a musician who made the most amazing, in my opinion, horror movie of this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of musicians. This is a there. you know writing the the tune. Now you know that Nightmare in Thirty Fourth Street. That's that's it's, good because it's a miracle, but. Miracle on 34th Street. I really think it should have been Massacre on 34th Street. The horror version. Mm. I like that title. Better than It's a Wonderful Knife. It's a Wonderful Knife. You didn't like it. I didn't like it. It's on... Um, that was the one with that like guy that no one likes, right? Yeah, there are a lot of people like him. I don't like him. But... Yeah, I feel like most people don't. I don't know. I think they liked him. They liked him in Barbarian. I thought he kind of ruined Barbarian when he popped up. I didn't like him. I think he was good. In, I like. I don't know. It's tough because he's really good at being annoying. And if someone is a villain, I don't want to be annoyed. I want to be impressed. Hmm. I'll be like, wow, they're smart. Or wow, they're scary. Or so I, I need to feel like I would actually be intimidated by them, right? And not just annoyed. I got you. Yeah, I just, I, I, I just see him and like ah, this fucking guy. What are these people doing in the chat? 
What is going uh, James on? James Wan is a. Oh, yeah, I saw this earlier too. James Wan adapting The Call of Hulu for a film. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Now, the thing and is, James Wan has a lot of. Uh, a lot of prestige. So if he's involved, the movie will actually have a really big budget. So you can make a big, you know, big giant monster. Yes. Yeah. Because usually well, when I've seen other versions of this, they're, you know, they're usually very low budget. And I'm not saying that's a good, a bad thing. I like a lot of low budget things, but, you know, it would be impressive to see a big budget Thulu. Uh, it would be interesting. I'm curious. At I least demonically, it might be a shit movie. But I'm not really a big fan of James Wan movies. I am going to... Talking about Lovecraft. I'm sorry, Pepe, but I hate Tusk. Oh, <laughs> the pits! Yes. The pits! Oh, well, I think part of it was that we had hopes that it would be great. I know. Boy. When he popped up as and you saw him, you know, when you first time you see him as the as the Tusk guy, he just mm -hmm. burst out in the laughter. <laughs> I'm not sure that was uh I should watch that again. I'm so curious. I'm not gonna send the pictures taking too long. All right. It was just to say that the um Oh, did I get something? That uh, Brian Moore, we had guests on the show a few months ago about his Lovecraft movie, is progressing along. The uh, oh, guy who did the model, I just sent you. This isn't the guy who did the model, um, but it's a guy working on mold of the model. Um and it's very cool. I want to try to find a picture of the actual model. I'm not sure if it was on the show or not, but it's so fucking sick. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. But uh, I am so high hopes on this movie. Um, yeah, look, that looks sweet. Dude, wait until you see this. It's like the actual full um, sculpt. Oh my god, it's so great. You all are going to die. This is so awesome. All right, ready for this. Do that. Come on. There we go. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Very Harryhausen-esque. It's amazing. Ray Harryhausen, in the early days of Without Your Head, um, I was in talks with him to come on. That's a big regret that I didn't uh, stick to that more. I remember he almost came on, but it conflicted with his 90th birthday. Boom. Yeah, that's a. I, that thing is amazing. The details mm -hmm. on it are insane. I love Ray Harryhausen, but. Zah. Uh, fast. This Paul Komoda is amazing. He, uh, the guy that did the sculpt, he worked with HR Giger for a while, doing some stuff. It's all kind. Of, he does amazing art. High recommend to follow Paul Komoda's art. It's regular Paul, K O M O D A. Amazing. 
So I'm excited for that. Lovecraft stuff. Pumped about seeing uh, Damien's stuff with Lovecrafting there. That's very yeah. exciting. I love when I find a creator that I can like really dig into a body of work. Like that was cool with Larry Fassenden because there's a lot of his stuff is available. So it, it takes like a little movement, like shifting around to get things. But mm -hmm. so this will be nice. Right. Mm. Well, we'll be back next week. With we Buddy will be back Cooper. next week. Buddy Cooper. This is what I do when I'm uh, reading minds. What do you think you're reading? Or when I'm trying to uh, project your mind? Any kind of mind, uh, mind powers. But Any. uh, I don't know. <laughs> <Any>. <laughs> But we'll, yeah, we'll be back next week. It'll be a good show. Uh, I'll be putting away my Christmas duds till next year. I know everyone would be sad about that. Especially the hat. I'll be broken. Be I so kind of wish I would have had this more often this year. I wonder if there's a non-Christmas hat like this. If anyone would like to send me hats to wear on the show... P.O. Box 415, Sandwich Mass, 02563, and I'll wear them on the show. As long as it won't, kick it, it won't get us kicked off, so nothing like pornographic or something, but I don't care if it's silly. I'll wear it on the show. Oh, my God. I can't handle the distraction. If you wore that every interview this month, it would have been... Fucking, yeah, well, you can't have too much of a good thing. You, you got to keep them wanting so more. So true. So you don't have to wear the hat, but once a year. All right. I did. I did. I have a. I have a few different uh, jackets. I wore them all year. They're pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. well, it's, it's probably can't even see this because there's so much stuff going on here. There's a lot. And I is that Audrey, Audrey too? Audrey too. Yep. It's awesome. I thought it was a little green. Need a little bit of green, and here was a lot of red. I got my little guy. It doesn't have a name. I should name him. Yeah, Sven. 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 Iceland does not fuck around with their holiday stories. They do like Yule Cat and all kinds of crazy ass monsters. Like Krampus, mm -hmm. they've got like fucking. I think when we had the uh, zoologist on, he talked about the Yule cat. Did he? Yeah. Not um Scott, who's passed. Yeah, yeah. Oh really? Oh. Yeah, Yule cats. Mm. Like all these things are so evil and scary. I'm not sure if they have positive, happy, other than Santa. Santa, it's himself. I mm -hmm. think everything is basically going to eat you, steal you. It's it's not good out well, there. That's why you got to be a good little boy, a good little girl. You get presents. But if you're a bad little boy, a bad little girl, you get stolen, beat, and eaten. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you keep people in line. It's true. That's right. Why you say never mind? I won't be insulting, not to you. Just best must send Neil Cash and nudes. 
I just need just send the cash. No, I'm just, you have to send me. But uh, yeah, all right. I had a good yeah. time. It was really fun. This uh, thanks Jen Wexler. Thanks David yeah. Rugna. Thank you, Terrible Troy. Thank you, Annabelle Lecter. And thank you, all the, the folks here. Wow. Thank you, Neil. Ah. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. So we have got, uh, I don't know, when's actual Christmas? This is 25th? Monday. I have no idea what's going on in my world. I don't know if you know what's going on in your world. On Christmas, I'm making a lasagna. That's all I know. No, on the eve. On ye old eve. Yeah, I'm not doing anything, probably. Maybe they'll do something. Maybe. No guarantees, but maybe there'll be an eve. I have nothing more to give you, sir. You got your tea. I'll give you a hug. (laughs) I've got stuff. I got the secret Satan and a couple presents. Nice. Uh, I'm just seeing. I'm just seeing what. I, I nothing against my brother, but he he thought that Wonka movie was the best movie of the uh, of the year. I'm so curious about this. I really don't. I don't think I've seen a trailer for this either. Let me put in this Wonka thing. I left. I yeah. walked out. I was like, enough of this. Who the hell oh, do you think he is? Poor things are still playing. I'd see that. Oh my god! Who is this fraud? Yeah, he's a. Oh my lord! Oh, I don't know. Oh my goodness! I don't know about this. He's very. He's very not Gene Wilder. Is basically my feeling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, people out there, if you are in the Boston area, it's sometime in January. I'm not sure the the date, but. One of my favorite movies is playing Midnight's, and that is Death Race 2000. This is a great movie. It's uh, you got the hand grenade, you got running over old people. This is a fantastic movie. It's uh, it's so crazy. I know they made ones after they suck, but the original one's awesome. Death Race. When is that? It's in January sometime. Play midnight movies at Coolidge. It's great. Oh, man. Death Race. Mark it on the calendar. If we have like a one on the calendar that's like, holy shit. Yeah, I've never seen it on the big screen. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I love it. I don't know if I have. Running over old people isn't familiar to me. Yeah, so the idea, it's a game. It's a sport in the future. And and uh, you get points for running over people, and you get more points for like the different like kids and old people. And Didn't they do that in Toxic Avenger. Yeah, but that came. That movie was after Death Race Two Thousand. Uh, you got a really young Sylvester Stallone in Death Race Two Thousand. Is it supposed to be serious? Well, it's um, it's like a weird horror dystopian future comedy but it's not like a like over the top comedy yeah. i mean it's got social it's got social commentary underneath all you know the craziness which is a is the kind of movie i like so you can just watch it for killing for the just so insane but it's really trying to say something like these these are like the heroes of of the future these people are going around killing folks and 
It's a, it's a good movie. Death Race 2000. Sounds very intense. Is it kind of like this the darkness of like Clockwork Orange kind of thing? Yeah, it's it's a little sillier than that. Okay. It's a sillier movie. It's not like a totally dark, feel bad kind of movie. No, no. All right. Yeah. Death Race 2000. David Carradine Ooh. is the star, main guy. David Carradine. Hmm. Well, young, like I said, a young Stallone's in it. Yeah. Paul Bartell. Mary Warnoff. I'd love to get Mary Warnoff on the show. But yeah, it's great. Ooh, we, we were supposed to get. I, we got a. Do you know if the if our guest list is updated? Um. Yeah, I think if not, uh, I I don't know if I added Buddy Cooper for next week. But yeah we gotta get get it happening yeah Boom. whoa look at that that's sick in the year 2000 hit and run driving is no longer crime it's a national sport Dip. i love that lettering yeah sweet 1975 coolio in I'm a dystopian like future a cross-country automobile race requires contestants to run down innocent pedestrians to gain points that are tallied based on each kill's brutality. Oh, yeah. I thought David Carradine died from... Dave's asking, didn't he? Wasn't he the person that died from self-asphyxiation? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, Dave. Never mind. I'm an idiot. I understand. Death your joke. Jack 2000. I understand your joke. Slow. Oh, very man. slow. Well, I'm very curious. <clears throat> I For some reason, the they used to show it a bunch on TV when I was a kid, or like on one of the cable channels when we first got cable. USA Up All Night? Up Do you remember USA Up no, All I Night? No, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. But I they don't know like if it was on. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I know there's a scene like so like they, they, they drive down to like the old folks home and like the, the nurses come and they they wheel out all the old people in their wheelchairs. Cause like people watch this on TV because it's a big sport. And then like they come flying down and like they're behind a hedge and see like you see the people flying up behind the hedge, like boom 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 boom. Sounds very it's awesome. weird. It's great. I hit the wall of sleep. All right. All right. Till right. next week. This yes. is Nasty Neil. This is Annabelle Lecter. And this is without your head.
Hey, right, I'm getting out of here. Sorry. See everybody. Bye.